Ladies and gentlemen, the images and events contained within the motion picture series are shocking, violent, and often nauseating. Serious consideration and introspection should be given before viewing such offensive and degrading films. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness some scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. I have a few words that I'd like to share with all of you, friends. There is a new form that is as unchristian and un-American as anything we have had to face in the past 50 years. Now this abandonment is a threat to our boss. recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave. Hello and welcome to the 101st episode of Cinema PsyOps. I am joined in the studio with a man fresh from his fall off of the wagon, Matt. Woo! One week! <laughs> you made it one week sober. Although, you know what? A lot That's of people... not even a chip. No. <laughs> it's not even a quarter of a chip. It's not even um, a fucking Pringles for no. that. <laughs> you know what a lot of people say is that oh, it's a, you, you had your hundredth, the hundred first. It's a let, you know. It's it's like a, not a letdown, but it's almost like the post holidays blues because oh, it's a post one hundred blues. No blues here, man, because we got some awesome fucking movies tonight. Well, there's that, and you have to go from one hundred to one hundred four, which hits our two year mark. Yeah, which, this but we whole still have things to look forward. To. Right, right. We got a lot of one hundred episode congratulations, and thank you yes. very much for all of that. Oh, you guys were really cool for that. And I'm pretty sure that we're not going to get any year two ones until like we say, okay, deadline, you know, because instead of having people, uh, we're going to get year two ones during year four. (laughs) Congratulations on your second and third year, but fuck off. I'm sick of you for your fourth year. (laughs) That is if we make it that long. Yeah. Yeah. And in case, I mean, you are looking at me with murderous rage more and more every day. (laughs) And in case folks can't tell, yes, Matt is not only off the wagon but he literally is drunk in the studio i'm a little drunk yeah it's (laughs) things happen today weird things but things (laughs) (laughs) but things no not yet but we're getting there so matt is actually going to be taking over doing the review part of army of darkness because this is your favorite of the three it is and so strap in motherfuckers but no it 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 is it's um and i'm glad to see you took it serious by showing up sober and ready to go actually though but this is one of the movies that i can recite from beginning to end with like you could have told me without seeing it i could recite it you sent me your time for your clips you sent me one it starts at zero and ends at one hour 21 minutes yeah the whole movie's a clip man come on that's just your review yeah we're gonna just settle in and watch the movie all right well here we go yeah My name is Ash, and I am a slave. 
Fuck this. No, you have to actually uh, work. God Look, damn it. No, no, I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not just going to no. play the audio of the movie. Fine. All right. So this is what we're going to do. We will take a break. We will play a little bit of music. And in the background, Matt will go watch the movie and do the notes. And when we come back, we'll be ready to go for you guys. It'll be like time travel now that we have that fucking chicken. Ooh, hey. He's looking at me again. And when I say fucking chicken, I mean Matt's trying to fuck that chicken. Come here, you beady-eyed bastard. A lot of people think that Danny Elfman did the whole score for Army of Darkness. Uh-huh. He did one track. Oh, wow. He did the the whole battle army thing. Yeah. It's very Danny Elfman. The rest of it was Joe DeLuca, who I believe has done the rest of the series. So he oh, did, wow. He did uh, Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. Oh, there you go. And I believe he actually worked on the score in the TV show. I'll have to double check on that. I'm not 100% sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You know, we always talk about uh, how much we love trailer guy voice, uh-huh. but this is my fondest memory of a trailer ever. I can't wait. Is the Army of Darkness trailer. Oh my God. Give me some dead eyed action. Well, if you can't wait, then here's the trailer. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. You shall die. When the world needed a hero. This one was so sad What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelace is untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words Klatu, Berata, Niktu. I got it, I got it! Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klatu, Berata, when thou misspoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. Now he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Oh, that's gonna hurt! Director of Darkman. Comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. They suck. Army of Darkness.
Okay, the backing music to that trailer, did that sound familiar to you in any way, shape, or form? No. It was like the Muzak version of Metallica's Black Album, which was really popular at oh, the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, all I know is that the whole movie's done now. I mean... <laughs> we're over we can go home for all the more fucking notes that you took yeah it pretty much is done i mean that's pretty much your notes right there yeah well i <laughs> fucking i don't need notes for this fucking movie well we'll see we all will right. see yeah all matt's right. matt's notes consist of one page with the times for the clips and then he's convinced that he's going to be able to go through it oh it looks like you're going to read the plot straight off of wikipedia you just cheater. for notes yeah uh-huh oh please let's see all how you all do all right hold on no no let's just see no, how no, you do no, fuck no, it i ahead. can turn that off all right let's do it then okay go let me see what you got well the movie starts with our first clip (laughs) you fucking lazy bastard (laughs) my name is ash and i am a slave (sighs) close as i can figure it the year is 1300 a.d and i'm being dragged to my death it wasn't always like this i had a real life once a job Um, hardware, aisle 12. Shop smart, shop (laughs) S-smart. I had a wonderful girlfriend, Linda. Together we drove to a small cabin in the mountains. It seems an archaeologist had come to this remote place to translate and study his latest find. Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the Book of the Dead. Found in human flesh and inked in blood, this ancient Sumerian text contained bizarre burial rites, funerary incantations, and demon resurrection passages. It was never meant for the world of the living. The book awoke something dark in the woods. It took Linda. And then it came for me. It got into my hand and it went bad. So I lopped it off at the wrist. But that didn't stop it. It came back. Big time. So Ash lands now into the past and he is captured along with some other people um, it, who we find out to be King Henry and his men and he's mistaken for them. Now, while an elder claims Ash is from another world and that he is there to help and he's the Strange one. one. Strange, Strange one. one! King Arthur does not believe his elder and deems Ash a member of King Henry's crew and he is shackled up and they are led back I want to just sit kingdom. here and quote everything because I, I know. Right? I mean, everything's a quotable thing. That rapscallion? Likely he's one of Henry's men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this whole movie 
could be a clip. That's, I mean, that, we la- we joked about it earlier. We was like, this whole movie could be one big clip. There was a time in uh, in college, actually, on a bet, I recited yeah. the entire film from heart. I can't yeah. do it now, yeah. but I could back then because oh, I yeah. watched it that much. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I won. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet. So anyway, they're led back to the King Arthur's kingdom. Uh, and as Dragged being, in chains. Yes, in chains in the big old, uh, what would you, what are those? The, oh, yeah, ashes. Uh, <laughs> Which is weird. How does they're he? He has no hands. So how does he get the stalker? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They're in the stocks though. Yeah. In chains, we have no idea how Ash's left arm left is arm is in there. In there. <laughs> but they they wrestled his chainsaw and gun away from. Him. His, or is this, it's his right arm. His, his right arm. Right yeah, arm. his yeah, right his arm is his chainsaw arm. Yeah. So anyway, um, a young woman named Sheila comes to King Henry or King Arthur and says, you know, where's my brother? And he says he has fought valiantly, but he fell to King Henry's men. So now she's already pissed and she starts tearing away at uh, poor Ash. Our She's hero. ripping at his hair. I think oh, she ripping his hair, the, spitting in him. And, she knees him in the gut. Yeah, and then, I mean, like, oh tries my god, to get she beats the, the shit out of him. <laughs> Everybody's throwing shit at them. The kids are fucking tormenting them. Oh yeah, them. I mean, yeah. the whole town's enjoying this. And they get up into almost what would look like to be the center of town where there's a gigantic circle that looks like a trap door over it. And King Henry decides to talk to Ash in our next clip. You, sir, are not one of my vassals. Who are you? Who wants to know? I am Henry the Red, Duke of Shale, Lord of the Northlands and leader of its peoples. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. All right, with all of this, uh, one of Henry's men is thrown into the pit. We hear screaming, and then a geyser of blood comes out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's fucking full-fledged <laughs> geyser of blood. Yeah. It's an upgrade from part two where we just had that big giant fountain yeah, exactly. bloom out from the redneck. This is a geyser. And now it's all of a sudden Ash's turn. Ash is led to the hole in which what, one of the things I love about this movie is Ash, and we'll see this a lot, Ash goes from like super brave and smart ashes to super coward almost real quick. You real mean quick. smart ass? Smart ass. What did I say? Smart ash. Smart ash. <laughs> Same thing. That's a flub I'm willing to let go. Right. But but to super coward real quick and we see this in our next clip. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You, you got to understand, man. I, I never even saw these assholes before. Henry, you gotta tell him you don't know me. We never met. Tell him. I didn't think he'll listen, lad. Anyway, through all this, uh, Ash is trying to calm himself before being thrown into the pit, and a rock is thrown by Sheila that bounces right off of Ash's head, causes the whole, you know, comedic little, whoa, you know, trying to balance himself from the edge, and eventually he is pushed in into the pit, and he falls. As he's in the pit, in some, I don't know, about knee-deep water, 
All of a sudden, a deadite pops up. A heinous horror hag. Yes, a heinous horror hag. Is that, is that what we're calling it? That's what they refer to it as. That's like a Sam Raimi. Oh, really? Yeah. And Ash is able to, with no chainsaw, no gun, fight her off by just beating the shit out of her, which starts to get the people above their attention because I don't think anybody's been able to fight this particular deadite. Well, and it's they're from the fucking medieval times. The yeah. only entertainment they have is the misery of others. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but they see Ash fighting and they all start to get very interested because he's not dying right away. Well, there's that, and it's entertainment for a lot of them, so they're having a blast. At this point, uh, one of the elders comes and he goes, Strange one! Strange one! Spinach chin. Spinach chin. Oh, yes, that is what he calls him, spinach (laughs) chin. Spinach chin comes up and he goes, Strange one! Strange one! Above! Above! And he throws him. he doesn't yell that. Does he not yell above? He doesn't yell above. He just says, Strange one, strange one, and And then then he he throws him the chainsaw. Yeah. That's Somehow still has plenty of gas in it. He's low on gas, but he still has gas in the chainsaw. It still has plenty of gas. (laughs) And he's able to hook up uh, Ash jumps, click, hooks into the chainsaw. One of the things that they actually show is that Ash has this uncanny ability to drive the stump into the chainsaw anytime he needs it. Great hand-eye coordination. He does great handless (laughs) stump-eye coordination. Stump-eye coordination is great. They do that in uh, the TV series as well, but they really started that here. Yes, that Um, whole... Yeah. Kind of ability. And Ash is able to uh, lop off uh, the uh, she-beast hand, and it flies up onto a guy's mouth, covering his mouth. Tim Quill. Yeah. It, what? The blacksmith. Oh, yeah. The actor's was name is Tim Quill. Was it the blacksmith? That yeah. fell out? I thought it was somebody else. Well, he laughs. The, Tim Quill yeah, laughs. Yeah, Tim Quill laughs the ba- at him. The blacksmith laughs. Yeah. yeah. And Arthur calls for the spikes, in which is now uh, Ash is going to get squished by spike walls. You haven't mentioned the guy that was whipping all of the prisoners that's like the big bully. That's right. That yells, spikes, right. give him spikes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, give him spikes. There's a, a guy who was whipping all the prisoners as they came into Arthur's prison, and that is going to come into uh, And, and a on the horse of, as they're being yes. dragged around. He's This is going to come into play here uh, here in a bit. That There was a guy who was uh, really into whipping. Why I brought it up. Yes. Who was really into whipping. Anyway, as Ash continues to fight, uh, he throws uh, the sheep beast into the spikes and as he goes running to like the chain uh, to go up uh, another Deadite comes out from the wall, yep. who's who's just as bad, and he starts fighting him. And fi- is it a him? Uh, an it, I guess an it. Yeah, an, an it. He starts fighting the deadite, um, and uses his belt in a miraculous Indiana Jones type whip move, and it whips around the chain, and he starts going up, uh, only to have the deadite grab his foot while he's on his way up. Yeah, and he's able to shake free of the deadite, kick him a few times. Now the hand horror hag while he was fighting her did you recognize her voice the vocal stylings uh uh-uh. Sam Raimi again oh is that Sam Raimi yep nice one of the things that's great about being a director is you get to do funny voices and have fun with it like I that. suppose yeah yeah and plus you can always count on you to be there in the editing booth when you need ADR yeah right <laughs> so anyway Ash is able to crawl out of the hole beaten up but pissed off and it's reminiscent of Evil Dead 2 again where he comes up out yeah where they're fighting or where uh, he comes up out of the pit after yeah. 
uh, Mama is trying to wreak havoc on the daughter. Uh, yes. So they're recreating that chainsaw first again and everything. So anyway, Ash is out. Uh, he looks to King Arthur and he um, he looks to King Arthur and he goes, hey, uh, your shoe's untied. King Arthur looks down and Ash beats the shit out of him by punching him. He punches him once and knocks him out. Yeah. Well, or, beats the shit out of him, man. He knocks him out. One punch. That's a sucker punch. That's not really beating the shit out of somebody. Fuck you, man. That's Ash motherfucking Williams. You'll show respect. <laughs> it's anyway. still a sucker punch. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> He threw him into a pit without knowing any of the facts. <laughs> he deserves a sucker punch. I'm not saying that King Arthur wasn't in the wrong with that horse yeah. shit. <laughs> I'm saying that this was a sucker yeah. punch. Anyway, uh, Ashton goes, who wants some? Who wants some? And then he finds the guy who was whipping people. You? Do you want some? Yeah, you. And he actually ends up grabbing the whip, illustrating yeah. like, you think you were so badass when I'm chained up. Uh, How about now, it, basically? It pushes him around, and then he walks away. The guy, being the obvious kind of bully is, has to push around another guy. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To prove that he's still manly. Yeah. But after all this, he goes up and instructs to let King Henry go and all his men. Uh, Henry laughs, has a joyous occasion, grabs a guy by the cheeks and then runs out. So there's all that. And then that goes to our next clip. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12-gauge double-barreled Remington. S-Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right. This sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? Now I swear. The next one of you primates even touches me. At this point, Ash destroys the she beast and back into the hole. Well, the monster that popped out again. No, yeah. that was the she beast again. No, that wasn't the she beast. Are you he sure chopped, that was the monster the down there? Yeah, it was the monster there from was the two she beasts down there. It was the monster from the pit. It's just yeah. all bloody because it got out of the spikes. Oh, okay. It survived. That's the, spikes. the she beast. No, the she beast was the the heinous horror hag who had the long mm. hair, and then the thing that breaks out of the walls was Is bald. The, okay, that's the thing that comes back. Oh, all right, I always thought it was the, the one that got thrown into the spikes. So <laughs> maybe. If you actually wrote down notes, you would be able to do it. Dude, I, I still thought that was the one. It's still, We'd still be having this conversation. Because you would have wrote it down wrong. Yeah, I would have wrote it down that way. Because I've always thought that way. Okay, go ahead. Um. So anyway, uh, everyone starts to realize, hey, Ash, I think is a real hero here. And uh, they all rally around him. So then we go into the night. and well, he also possesses power that they cannot possibly understand, exactly. which is the boomstick. Uh-huh. So he's going to abuse that power. Yeah, yeah, shop smart. Shop S smart. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Anyway, so he's sitting on the throne, being fed grapes, a turkey. Oh, my God, that turkey looks, looks so good. And being fed wine by a, a bevy of beauties. Um, Three women. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a bevy? I don't, I, I don't know. What constitutes a bevy? I don't know. More than what I get. So I'm saying it's going to be threes a bevy. <laughs> you can only disappoint one woman at a time. That's right. I only want to disappoint one woman at a time. Oh, That's look at my you. wife. Look at you being all faithful. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sheila comes back in uh, to apologize to Ash for the way she acted. And Ash in a classic line says, first you want to kill me, then you want to kiss me. Blow. Now, is he commanding her to blow him? Or I is don't he, know. Or I've is he telling her to blow that. as in get out of here? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious. Me too. Either or could be Ash, but he doesn't strike me as the it's type. It's a blowjob. I think he's yeah. telling her to get lost. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as the type that would be like, yeah. you know, yeah. forceful about it. Yeah, exactly. He's just grateful for what he can get. Right. He's, yeah, he's exactly. a scumbag, but he's, he's not rapey. He's not rapey scumbag. He's just like the scumbag who's happy to get what he's getting. <laughs> he might lie He'll to a He'll be a scumbag to get it, but he won't be rapey about it. He won't force it, but he will lie for it. Let, yeah, exactly. There you go. He'll tell someone he's a doctor to get laid, but he won't force that woman to lay him. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, at this point, the elders come in, and uh, he wants to know how he can get back home. The elders state that he has to go get the Necronomicon from a graveyard, say words, and then come back, that he's the only one who can do it. Ash is pretty much saying he does not want to do this, and then we get the classic uh, sounds of the evil dead of a demon coming and one of the women is infected by a deadite becomes a deadite herself uh, there is a fight uh, boiling waters poured on one guy's eyes uh, that was hardcore the lady who turns into the witch that starts flying yeah. and says that you will never retrieve the Necronomicon yeah. I bet you don't know who that actress is that plays her I do not that was Patricia Tallman she was in George Romero's Night Riders and she was in the remake of Night of the Living Dead that uh, Romero produced she was, was she, Barbara. In oh, that. she the, was Barbara in that. Redhead, oh, yeah. okay. I, is it Babylon Five that she was in? It's possible. I think, she's Babylon, I think it was 5. Babylon Five. Yeah. Yeah. But now, that, now that you mentioned who it was, I think she did stunt work as well as acting. And she could. She and, was built. Well, and she really did some amazing work in that movie with yeah. the fights here. And Army of Darkness and the makeup on her is incredible. It looks yeah. nothing like her. Ash uh, uh, utters another class line, come get some. Or, yeah. or yeah, he goes, uh, hey, she bitch. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah this is one, let's go. Uh, the other one uh, comes later. He goes, hey, she bitch. Let's go. Uh, Ash ends she bitch you also forgot the iconic line which is my favorite whenever mm. she falls and she pretends like she's oh and he out. goes wait it's a trick get an it's axe it's a trick yeah. get an axe yep uh because arthur goes to check on her because if this was your final assessment you're so failing <laughs> because arthur is of course very innocent in all this and <laughs> in, in, in dealing with deadites he doesn't quite know well he hasn't been through the hell the hell that ash has been through now twice this is the worst if we look at it ash has been through this twice this is the worst weekend of anybody's life. He's yeah. still going through the same yeah. thing. Because his friends get there. Number, number two, two start, going all the way through. Uh, number one to two to going all the way through. Is about three days max. Yeah. Because just tell. Because, well, actually the sun comes up so it's the second day. Yeah. And then that night, he does the battle with Annie. But he's eating. Uh, and that, then he gets trapped back in time. So, like, this could still be, yeah. like, his, like, let's say they get there on a Friday, right? Yeah. When this could be his Saturday. He's having the worst fucking weekend When he's ever. eating that goddamn turkey leg and the grapes and drinking the wine, I'm like, that's, like, the first thing he's gotten eaten in, like, a few days. Yeah. And it's, like, the first <laughs> time he's actually been able to kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. My <laughs> poor fucker. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, no. Like, this he's is like been a, through, like, shit. This is, like, one fucking day for him, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's, like probably 24 to maybe 48 hours The only times he slept is if he's been knocked out by a deadite. Or he just passed out from exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he agrees that he will now go and get the book. So, but now it's time for a little montage where he gets together with the um, uh, the uh, blacksmith and they start building him a new hand out of uh, uh, a suit of armor hand. And uh, he gets it. And a they, gauntlet. A gauntlet, yeah. They there get a know. whole lot of, I don't know the name. <laughs> uh, they get a whole lot of a suit of armor hand. Same thing. Is that like calling a skeleton head a skull? Is a yes, skeleton head? exactly right. Yeah. So anyway, they get to building. There's a lot of shit and there's a scene 
scene where he crushes the cup and the blacksmith and Sheila go, oh, like, like really scary. And he looks at it and goes, Ruby. It's kind of interesting that a guy like Ash has all of this stuff in his, well, we haven't gotten to the trunk bit yet. Yeah, no, I mean, that comes later, but he's able to build a cybernetic hand with medieval culture and medieval tools. And he works at S-Smart. He works at a Walmart. Well, he's your classic underachiever. Yeah. Well, at the time he was a college student when the first movie hit. Yeah, but they're that, all supposed to be college uh, yeah, students. Uh, yeah, he looks way old to be a college student now. But I mean, I'm just saying. Well, that's because he the, yeah. dealing with the Evil mm-hmm. Dead ages you about maybe five years between films, yeah. <laughs> give or take. I mean, five years between you know <laughs> exactly. each increment. Yeah. Anyway, um, time travel it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, as Ash, now that that montage is over, is kind of making some final touches to his hand. Um, Sheila, yeah, comes you don't want to crush everything you no, touch. You gotta gotta practice on a hot dog a few times or else you're going to tear your dick off. Well, why would you jerk off with a suit of armor hand? Oh, I mean a gauntlet. A gauntlet. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, you do. You don't know how long it's been. Um, that would be the worst stranger oh, ever. Yeah. Oh my God. Why is it all metally and rough? You catch the right edge of that. It's going to be hammered out like the rest of armor would. Uh, so the chances of you catching a rough end, there's a reason why they wore leather stuff underneath the armor. Exactly. So if I you still ch- tried to figure out how you made it a mobile hand. Well, there's that, and like if you grab anything, chances are you're going to catch a metal spur or something like that. So you would not want to masturbate with that hand. No, but I'm still trying to figure out how he makes it work. <laughs> I don't think he can. I don't. I, I, all right, just suspend your belief and know that uh, at, if anybody can do it, it's Ash. It's a man who travels back in time due to an evil spell. Yeah. If you're not willing to just push the I believe button that he can build a cybernetic hand in the past yes. using medieval tools, then, then you shouldn't finish the movie. You probably shouldn't. No. Uh, anyway, Sheila comes in. He goes, hey, close the, close the door. What, were you raising a barn? Probably were raising a barn. <laughs> with all the other primitive screw yeah, heads. Yeah, with all the primitive screw heads. And then she picks up and goes, hey, don't touch that. Your primitive mind would understand. Alloys and Alloys compositions. And- compositions and uh, <laughs> things with molecular structures. I love it. I love yeah. that scene. I told you, I can fucking quote the yeah, whole thing. I know either. you can. <laughs> Were you relying on me to cover your ass on this one? Pretty much. Um, anyway, <laughs> you lazy fucking I'm fucking, fucking kidding. Uh, but no, it's a great scene. Um, she goes, I made you this blanket. She's trying to be very nice. She goes, good, good I, I can, can use, use a horse, horse blanket. blanket. Yeah. And she slaps him. We're going to rush to the ash I quotes. I know. I mean, we are really are. We're just going to get there. Uh, she slaps him and and of course, I think Ash needs a chase. Like a girl throwing herself at him, I don't think Ash is into. She wasn't throwing herself at him anyway. That's what. It, yeah, but that's she's what trying I mean. to apologize. She yeah. feels guilty. She but had what no I mean idea. is, Ash likes a chase. So when she slaps him, now Ash is like, "Oh well, now I'm India." I think he likes a little slap and tickle. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and that actually leads to our next clip. Give me some sugar, baby. Classic Ash. Right there. Give me some sugar, baby. That's the line that you should always use. Yes. There was a friend of mine when we were in college. Uh-huh. That this oh, my God. I love this story. This girl was getting ready to hit on him, uh-huh. and he didn't know what to say. And um, I think she had basically asked um, if she could kiss him because she was really interested in him, and he just was like one of those guys that just totally wasn't going to get it socially inept. Yeah. And I think she was getting ready to ask him, and he didn't really know what to say. And I was just kind of like right there at the party when she's like, 
like, can I kiss you? And I leaned over and I'm like, say, give me some sugar, baby, and then kiss her. Just do it. <laughs> and he did. And yeah. she laughed her ass off, but kissed him anyway. Nice. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, he got, he got the sugar. Yeah, Nothing wrong there. Yeah, he, he got some sugar. Give me some sugar, baby. So after all this, uh, Ash is uh, riding out to go get the book. As they come to like almost like a borderland, um, the wise men has this to say to Ash in our next clip. When thou retrievest the book from its cradle, you must recite the word Klatu Verata Nictu. Klatu Verata Nictu, okay. Well, repeat them. Klatu Verata Nictu. Again! I got it, I got it! I know your damn words, all right? Now you get this straight to both of you. If I get that book, you send me back. After that, I'm history. Ash rides off into what is known now as the Haunted Forest. As he goes, it is now nightfall. Uh, as he rides, he's we get some more monster vision. First time we see it in this movie that something Evil Dead famous were the zoom, you know, and it's zooming through. Did you notice that it keeps hitting all of these trees that have no tops and splitting them open? Yes. That camera angle was a little off. Of course. <laughs> anyway, Ash uh, realizes this and starts to go on a run as his horse is freaking these the trees fuck have no out. I better get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and he finds a windmill out in the widow windmill house out in the widow middle of nowhere, much like a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. Well, if you're going to have a mill that yeah. you need to be powered by wind, wind. you need it away wind. from everything yeah. else and on a hill to That's catch true. the wind. So he gets inside, uh, kind of just uh, locks everything up and settles in for the evening. At night, you cannot be out and about no. in, with the evil around. Not you got to be locked boot. in. Can't be out in the boat. We're not fucking Canada. What do you want? Universal health care? That's not going to fucking happen around here. That's <laughs> As, my bad Bruce Campbell. Is that way. your bad Bruce Campbell? <laughs> yeah. As Ash kind of settles in for the night, he's making some tea, stoking a fire. Oh, some we see a lot of little ashes. Mini ashes, if you will. Uh, you you forgot. He's working on the fire. He's uh, doing his thing. Yeah. He sees a big reflection of himself in the oh, mirror. Oh, that's right. It's a full-fledged and it mirror. Starts, I'm sorry. It yeah. starts moving a little moving bit differently in, than so him. He, he shatters it. He charges at it. Yeah. Shatters the mirror. Then he sees a bunch of little hymns in the mirror. Yeah thinks nothing's wrong. Yeah, and, and that's then, where all the little ones yeah. come from. Anyway, um... Would oh, you have fucked that up in your notes, too? Yes, I probably would have. <laughs> Actually, I would have. Okay, fair enough. My, my only problem is I look forward in this movie too much to the good parts. <laughs> you're going total it, fucking stand-up comic where you're rushing to the punchline. Exactly. Yeah. Um... Anyway, as the little ashes uh, start running about, um, they attack Ash as he's, you know, trying to stoke the fire, keep it going. Or as I like to call it, the little evil Gulliver's travel segment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was just getting to that because eventually Ash is, you know, he gets soot all over him. He gets burnt, uh, like the side of his face. He has to scrape it off with a spatula. Have you ever seen the television cut of this or the international cut? Or the no, movie? I've only seen the movie. You've only ever seen the theatrical yeah. cut? Yeah. I think I may have given you a bootleg edition ages ago, but I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah. There was a DVD that was called the bootleg edition, and then I replaced yeah. that with the boomstick edition. I bought mm. this movie a shitload. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best movies ever. And while that and Anchor Bay was putting out a shitload of them, but now we finally getting some uh, Shout Factory version. Of yeah. The Shout Factory Blu-ray of this is actually the best version because it has every version available and it's all uh, it's all been restored digitally and it looks yeah. amazing. But in the television cut and the international cut, this stuff is extended out. Yeah. It's, oh, really? It's longer than, like, this is only like an 81-minute movie. Yeah. They cut it down majorly for theatrical uh, release in the U.S., but uh. it actually can go as long as, I think it is like 90 minutes in, like, the international cut. I can literally see that because there's a lot of 
times where I think they've cut things out. Yeah, there's but shit you, missing. You see it. Yeah. yeah. The only problem with the international cut and the boomstick edition is you lose one of the more infamous lines that we're about to get to, or the more famous Ash quotes uh-huh. that you're about to get to. But the stuff with the is guys, it one of the ones I have in my yeah, recording. Yeah, okay. that's why I'm not saying it yet. Yeah. But one of the, the one of the things that gets excised really bad is this battle with these little guys because uh-huh. there's a lot more stuff. They literally oh, really? torment the fuck out of him. In well, this. at one point he's trying to chase one of the little guys down, doing London Bridge is falling, and this yeah. is actually a little uh, a little cinematic trauma for me because it's one of my fears of stepping on a fucking nail. What? Yeah, uh, Stepping uh, on a why nail? Why are you typing? No. Just no, stepping no, on a nail? Yeah, yeah, well, stop is, it. Is it the tetanus? Yes. Or is it being pierced by nails that terrify you? Lockjaw. <laughs> so you can't give head? No. That's your problem? No. People could force head on me if I'm lockjawed open. Lockjawed open. You son of a bitch. Oral. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. All right. Anyway, <laughs> he starts singing, London bridges falling down, fall, and then one of the mini ashes holds up a nail, wham, and- uh, Right into the foot. Oh, man. He high-pitched screams. He falls back, and that kind of knocks him out. My fair lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he wakes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the little guys. My fair lady. Yay. <laughs> the process of them shooting that, that all yeah. the main hero shots, there's uh, like two guys that look are lookalikes, but Bruce had to do so much shit to make this. Oh, scene. I'm sure. Yeah. And they had to use, it was an intervision camera, I think is what it was called, where they would program camera moves into a computer and then the camera would be moved automatically with yeah. the, the computer. I and mean, it had been so Ash, much work. Ash would act all this stuff out and then they would match it to a larger scale of what was about to happen with all of these different sets yeah and all of that scene was just so much work oh my god i'm <laughs> just sure to produce. so that's why i wanted to focus in on it yeah. and talk about it a i mean bit. that's insanity how much work had to go in and i that. recommend checking out this particular scene for sure in the it's such cut. a great scene yeah. and so anyway ash starts waking out and he goes well, that was a really bad nightmare oh what a horrible nightmare yeah. Yeah. i can't move i can't move and he's tied down gulliver travels uh style and uh one of them hops out and dives right into his mouth. Well, two of them hold, yeah, his, hold his nostrils shut, so he has to yeah, open his mouth to hold his nose, yeah. And one of them dives in. He's able to get out of being tied down and decides to drink boiling hot water to scald it. First, he grabs it with yeah. his normal hand and yeah, burns goes, the fuck ah! out of himself. So he grabs then he uses it with a metal yeah. hand. Yeah. And he goes, I like the taste of that. How about some hot chocolate? Ah! You can hear the screaming got that from backwards. inside. He says a little hot chocolate yeah, for you when he pours it down. Yeah, and then he goes, how do you like the taste of that? Huh? His tongue should have been fucking boiled. I know, you should not have, you know, you shouldn't be able to talk again, ever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or breathe, because that would have swollen his larynx yeah, and, everything and been all of his fucking throat shut, yeah. But once again, it's just fantasy movie yeah, yeah. Uh, how many shots does the boomstick have <laughs> he reloads it you hear him reload it <laughs> yeah, really quick one one handed guy can reload it very quickly yeah right Um. anyway he starts going yeah and he starts feeling an itch on his shoulder and we see nightmare fuel number two he's itching an eyeball on his shoulder that would fuck me up do you know what movie that they're referencing with that I do not the manster I've never seen that it's a black and white film and I think it's pre-atomic bomb but this guy actually grows a another him or a monster version of him Ugh. out of his body and the monster has that where it starts as an eyeball on his shoulder that would so fuck me up then it grows 
into a head and all this other stuff. Yeah. And some of the shots they actually directly use where like the double man is standing in the moonlight and stuff. Yeah. They use that in the Manster as well. So that's a whole oh, wow. giant love yeah, song I mean, that would reference me to the Manster. And at this point, Ash goes running out of the windmill. Uh, and screaming, oh, dear God, it's growing bigger. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, oh, dear God, it's growing bigger. Yeah. And finally, uh, it becomes almost like a Siamese twin situation, Ash. Uh, Siamese twin situation? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Isn't that a disorder, like Siamese twin situation? <laughs> yeah, probably. And uh, we have two Ashes who are fighting, and they kind of you know, throw each other around a bit. Uh, they do a crab walk, which is really funny. And uh, Stop motion animated, too. Yes. And very cool. Also extended. This uh, A lot of this okay. stuff is extended as well. Anyway, they finally rip apart, and uh, they are checking each other out, and that leads us to our next clip. Are you me? I'm badass. And you're good, Ash. You're goody little two-shoes. You're goody little two-shoes. Goody little two-shoes. <laughs> little goody two-shoes. 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 Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Okay, so this uh, extended fight from the clip that we just talked about where he shoots him. Yeah. The only problem with the international cut is they changed that line. They should have left the the line from good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. They should have left that in. Yeah, what was the line? They changed it to I'm not that good. And then there's a different line as well where they do a hero shot and he does a different yeah. line. Uh, that's the only problem I have with that extended cut or the bootleg edition or international cut. Because that's that such a great different. line. Good, yeah. bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Now, I haven't seen... Uh, the international version or the um, the extended cut that's on the Shout Factory version, so they may have fixed that and put it back the way that it should be. Yeah. I honestly don't know, but I know that the Boomstick edition that I had forever that had the other footage that was extended, that line was fucked up. Oh, okay. So well, anyway, I, that's one of the best lines yeah, absolutely. In, the, in the flick. So ages ago, when I did a super cut of all these movies uh -huh. with VHS tapes yeah. in college, right? Uh-huh. I did it to where the end of Evil Dead 1 leads directly into Evil Dead 2. Yeah. I took the stuff at the beginning of Evil Dead 2 with the professor talking about the Book of the Dead to open uh -huh. everything. Yeah. And then when he goes back in time, obviously, that's the start of Army of Darkness. Yeah. I used the extended cut of Army of Darkness that my friend had on a bootleg VHS tape. Uh-huh. And I put in the additional scenes that belonged in there. Uh-huh. I left this line as well. Nice. With, you know, yeah. and then and put the extended battle stuff in and everything like that. And we used to watch that all the time. Just, I mean, it really is because you get, you, I mean, and it's so great of a setup because you got this one just annoying the shit out of You're goody little two shoes. You're little, little two shoes. shoes. I bet. And then punching him in the face. Uh -huh, and you're just like, doing oh, a total Three Stooges routine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you also sit there and you think, oh, fuck, is this going to be? Because typically in all the movies, the Deadites always annoy the shit out of them and beat the shit out of them. And you're like, oh, my God, is this? And then all of a sudden the gun and he blows the shit out of him like, fuck yeah, about fucking time. The important thing to remember too is this sure. is the final transformation of Ash into becoming what Ash is going to be. Yeah, a hero. Everything leading up to this, he actually was meant to be this hero. And yeah. He may have been prophesized in the book and all, but yeah. you know, whatever. But, uh, it just shows how Ash views himself. Ash doesn't 
has never viewed himself as a hero hero quote unquote yeah he's always viewed himself as just, he's just ash and you know he's just gonna do what it takes to do get what he wants and no, at survive this point, it's home yeah. he just wants to survive but i he's just, just love that he's a total survivalist yeah, just good bad i'm the guy with the gun yeah that's it i mean i'm not anything what you're saying i just i got the gun that's it i win <laughs> anyway right, let's move on yeah Ash uh, drags the body back to the windmill, chains it up, grabs the chainsaw. Reminiscent of when he carves up Linda. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And starts the carving process uh, while his evil self is still alive and screaming. He's finally doing it now without any... Yeah, no, no reservations. No, oh my God, should I do it? Just bam, well, chain, this, cut. This thing is completely in 100% evil. There's yeah. no possibility of it being someone that he would ever care about. Yeah, well, it's him. I don't think yeah. he cares about himself all that well, much. No, it's it's a replication, an evil replication. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is like, if this was like his sister or his oh, girlfriend. There'd be some hesitation Even still. just a, well, at the time, just a yeah. friend of his, you know, like in Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2, I think he would have even had a hard time chopping up some of the, like, the the professor's daughter yeah from Evil Dead too I think he would or have the, yeah the hick people who helped no he would have still he, chopped he them. just chopped them up easily. dude he chops up mullet scholar without even a, without true. even thinking about true. it but granted that guy was holding him down while he got his ass yeah, kicked yeah too. right but like I think he would still be kind of like man I don't want to have to fucking do this because you see that in the TV series yeah. later on where he's like look just don't hang out with me because I'm getting really tired of dismembering my friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right I mean? that's all right yeah so I think at this point he's basically like like seeing this thing, there's going to be no remorse for chopping up, you know, at all. There'll be yeah. no remorse for it. So, oh yeah. So, um, chops him up and uh, then puts his body in a bag or the pieces in a bag. Yeah. Uh, kind of starts dragging it out, starts digging a hole, and that goes to our next clip. That'll teach you. Yeah, that'll teach you. You shall never retrieve the Necronomicon. You'll die in the graveyard before you get it. Hey, uh, what's that you got on your face? Huh? I'll come back for you. Uh, just, uh, I love that clip because it's just one of the best best parts of the movie. It's so Sam Raimi. Too. Well, yeah, and it, but it's so great. This demon head, demon head is that was your own head, but now is completely kind of demonized because you shot it. It's like you'll die before you get this. You'll you'll be dead. I'll have your, my vengeance. All this shit. The only thing back, huh, got a little something on your face there. Huh? <laughs> it looks at its own face. You'll never guess who was shoving or who's throwing the shovel full of dirt into Bruce Campbell's face in that scene. Who is that? Sam Raimi. Is it? He loves to torture Bruce Campbell. That's their whole friendship is based on <laughs> putting Bruce in movies and torturing him. That's fucked up. Well, this is a guy who made him throw then, himself yeah, into it's bookcases. It's no different than you no. you would be for this show. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Only Fuck. they actually like each other. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's, true. that's Sam throwing. It was it was peat moss, which is slightly less heavier yeah. than dirt. Yeah, I guess. But it's still funny. It's still dirt in the face. You yeah. know, you got a little something right there. It's not like it's crushed up Oreos, yeah. Yeah, right? It's gonna still fucking suck. <laughs> and who knows how many takes they had to do? Knowing Sam Raimi, just a because lot. it's Bruce trapped and he can keep torturing him, he probably did it several times. Yeah. Take one hundred and fifty. <laughs> Sam, don't we have fucking have this shot? Yet? God damn it! Uh, no, Bruce. We, no, we, we don't. Need to, we need to move on. Do the line burst. We just yeah. God damn it, Sam. How many fucking times are we gonna shoot this? <laughs> anyway, so at this point now, um Ash decides it's time to go grab the book. Rides to the cemetery and he feels a, a real cold, a chill. He knows he's in the right place. Using some of the similar sound effects from whenever the professor appears in Evil Dead 2 yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he walks up and there are three books. 
<laughs> which is very confusing for him. Yeah, and he goes, no one said anything about three books. Do I take all books or, well, yeah, or, or one what? book or no books? No book. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that scene. Or, or what? <laughs> so anyway, he opens up the first book and it becomes almost like a black hole, sucking him all the way in. It is. It's a, yeah. it's a book-sized black he's, hole. He's able to fight himself out of that black hole, only it elongates his face. Yeah. And at first and he, he looks like Jay Leno. Yeah. And then he shakes and he, and looks, he looks like Ronald Reagan. I was going to say like, um, he, he doesn't, well, he does look like Ronald Reagan in, in one of them, but I was going to say like, it was kind of like Andy Griffith because he has that full Andy Griffith right. chin. Third it, one's Ronald Reagan. Then he's yes, back to normal. It goes, you're right. You're totally right. It's Jay Leno, Andy Griffin, Ronald Reagan, Ash. <laughs> After he shakes his head enough. What's, and he goes, whoa, better be careful. Yeah. <laughs> What's actually really funny about that particular scene too is they had to go through all of those prosthetics yeah and you say that the one of them he looked like ronald reagan uh-huh. interesting postscript he fucking played a young ronald reagan in the fargo tv series in really? the second season yeah he was he was ronald reagan going on tour nice yeah and when you see him you're like holy fuck yeah he could actually play ronald reagan well, he's got a wide chin reagan had a, yeah. reagan yeah. was a lot of chin <laughs> a whole lot of chin or, or as like david Tennant said in the doctor who chinny like chinny <laughs> over here <laughs> But yeah, there you go. Yeah, so yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting that you thought he looked like Ronald Reagan yeah. at the last bit. It, it just did. Yeah. In fact, he looked kind of like, I, I agree with you, like more like uh, uh, in the second one, you said Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. But even yeah. the second one, I thought he looked like Ronald Reagan a little bit. Well, Andy Griffith and Ronald Reagan have yeah. some very similar facial they features. They do. They really do. But the nose was a little bit out more for you're the right. Andy you're Griffith right. Looking one, so. back on it, you're right. I love this minutia that we have to discuss <laughs> whether or not he looked like other yeah, actors and famous people with the prosthetic. <laughs> That's, to the, movie, that's the show, man. Yeah, that's the, that's this movie, though, yeah. too. Um, so anyway, he looks to set, uh, other books. He goes to reach for one, and he stops. He goes, uh, 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 like he figured it out. Goes to the third book. Third book's mouth opens to start trying to eat him alive. <laughs> Once again, another <laughs> torturing sound. Yes. Guess who's doing the voice of the book? Uh, that is Sam Raimi in Moving the Bat. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that, but if you listen, it sounds like Sam Raimi pitched up yeah. to be high-pitched. But... So anyway, once that's done. That's a great sequence, though, because it's yeah. flying around and it's beating the <laughs> hell out of him and yeah. biting him. Yeah. yeah. But once all that's done, it leads to some great stuff in our next clip. Seems fairly obvious. <laughs> Ooh, wait, the words. Right, right, right. Say the words. Plateau, Marata, Necktie, Nectar, Nickel. It's an N word. It's definitely an N word. It's definitely an N word. Plateau, Marata, Okay then. That's it. One of the things that the movie here is definitely setting up is that Ash is kind of like a loudmouth braggart buffoon. Yes. I think he's kind of overcompensating for the constant state of fear that he's in. Well, what I and love. I think that's where his bravado comes from. And what I love about him is he's willing to argue with the netherworld. Like the earth starts shaking and he's arguing with this planet. Like like the forces of magic go, no, I said the words. <laughs> like, like, no, fuck you. He's willing to argue his point 
point until the end, no matter in whose face he's arguing it in. He's trying to compensate for his own buffoonery and tomfoolery, yeah. which is fine for a idiot hero who just so happens to kick ass with the dead. Yeah. It's terrible for a president. Yeah. <laughs> right? That scene right there, that's total fucking Trump. But, uh, yeah, and that's but, an insult to Ash to say that, yeah, but, but that's I mean, what he I'm would pull. Say, like, the forces of hell are staring ass in the face going, you didn't say the words. And it's th- this whole scene is pretty much that. Like, the forces of darkness are saying... You didn't say the words right, and it's Ash looking back at the entire realm of darkness going, No, fuck you! I said the words! I said your words! It's like trying to summon the Goblin King, but fucking up the words and then demanding that he show up because you got the words right. Right. The whole time the goblins are listening, waiting. Yeah, like, you didn't say the fucking word. What is that rubbish? It didn't even start with I wish! (laughs) But anyway, Ash decides to grab the book anyway, and he starts running. He is tripped up by skull hands that are popping up from the graveyard, and we get a- hands? Well, uh, skeleton hands. The skeletal Sorry. arms. Yeah, skeletal <laughs> arms and hands. And we get a nice little uh, 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 we get a nice little uh, the Three Stooges scene. Oh, where total hook, Three Stooges. Total Three Stooges hooking his lips, poking him in the eye. He does the uh, hand in the middle, and then two separate hands poke him in the eyes anyway. <laughs> That's also extended as well, too. I had a hard time watching the theatrical cut because it's the first time that I've watched the theatrical cut in a long time. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm watching it, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. It feels like there should be more stuff to this. Yeah, right. And that's because I'm used to the extended cuts because oh, wow. you get more. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend you try and like seek I'll that out. I'll try and find to find it. that. Yeah. Uh, he's able to get away, and he gets back onto his horse and rides back to Arthur's castle, not without having a skeletal arm shoved down his mouth. Yes. after he gets oh punched my God, in the nuts. He just gets punched in the nut. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, three stooges ass punched in the nuts, a fist down his mouth. Uh, they fish hook him on his lips. Yeah, yeah. it's a more gruesome version of three stooges yes. stuff. Now, actually, in the extended version of that, when he gets up after the thing shoved its arm down his yeah. throat, when he gets basically mouth fisted uh-huh. by <laughs> by a skeletal arm. Oh my god, that's just gross. That's what there. happens. I know it is, but it's just gross. Mouth fisted. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Okay, but when uh. Whenever that happens, he actually stands up after he breaks free and, yeah. and he finds the one that actually somehow he figures out which one it is. Yeah. And he goes, keep your damn filthy bones out of my mouth <laughs> and breaks the arm off at the fucking Jesus. elbow nice. and then takes off in the extended That's, that version. That would be better to watch. Yeah, it's much better. So he gets back to King Arthur's and as they're all, you know, kind of cheering him coming back, but they all kind of realize something went wrong. You do get a cut scene after he took the book and said the wrong words where they feel a storm coming and one of the elders goes, something went wrong. Something went terribly Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. <laughs> yes. And once he gets back to King Arthur's and starts dumping some water himself, we go to our next clip. The Necronomicon, quickly. Did you bring the Necronomicon? Yeah, it's, it's just that... Just what? Nothing. Here. Now send me back. Like in the deal. When you removed the Necronomicon from the cradle, did you speak the words? Yeah, basically. Did you speak the exact words? Look, maybe I didn't say every single little tiny syllable, no, but basically I said them, yeah. Dung-eating fool! Thou hast doomed us all! When thou misspoke the words, the army of the dead awoke! Now, whoa, 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 right there, Spinach Chin. You said that you could clean this mess up once you got that book. You said there was a passage in there that could get rid of this thing and send me back. It's true, the book still possesses the power to send you back, but to us, it is useless! The evil has a terrible hunger for the Necronomicon, and it will 
people come here to get it. We had a deal. You wanted the damn book. I got it for you. I did my part. Now you send me back. Very well. As we are men of our word, we shall honor our bargain. The wise men shall return you to your own time. Yeah? Told you it was long. Yeah, right, because that was the deal. So when do you think we can start with all the thing in the... You know, of course. <laughs> when do you think we can start with all the... Uh, Ceremony and the uh, wretched excuse for a man. The wise men were fools to trust in you. I knew he couldn't be trusted. But trust in him. I still believe that thou wilt help us. Oh, Sheila, don't you get it? It's over. I didn't have what it took. So long. But what of the things that we've shared? What of all the, the sweet words that you spoke in private? Oh, uh, well... Well, that's just what we call pillow talk, baby. That's all. It was more than that. I still have faith in thee. I still believe that thou wilt stay and save us. I... Coward. The look of disappointment on her face and how shamed she is that she was with a man that could be such a fucking coward. And then he has that guilty look of, I, I don't I don't fucking care. I just want to go. I don't, I don't care if everybody hates me. I just, yeah, I just, yeah. just want to get out of here. <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Shame. <laughs> but like the look that M. Beth Davids gives him, it just yeah. makes you feel like all, everything that oh. you've ever done rotten. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like right yeah, on you. Right there. Well, anyway, uh, as Ash Kennep slinks away, we get a flying deadite who comes down and swoops in and starts swooping down on people and picks up Sheila. Looks exactly like the one at the very end of Evil Dead 2 that comes in and he blows the head off. Yes, of, exactly. That they kind of retconned out in this movie. Yep. Uh, Ash goes chasing it, uh, trying to get to the top of the castle as soon as he can, uh, as soon as he can to try to reach her. Uh, he is unable to, and it flies away. He's really, really regretting the choices that he made here. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big time. Hey, that's uh, where I keep my vagina while I'm here. <laughs> Uh, we head back into uh, Dead Ashes, Deadite Ashes. Uh, evil Ash. Evil Ash. Much easier to say. His graveyard. And they are digging up uh, all the rest of the dead that are in there to start fighting the battle. And, <laughs> uh, okay. Come on, you miserable bag of bones. No, I, I, I actually, it's one of my favorite bits on yeah. there. Dig, damn you. Dig faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig, damn you. Dig faster. The miserable bags of bones is actually in the end with the battle. Yeah. Yeah, when he, yeah. but it's all a whole bunch of just cliches like that, you know, like you're not worth the bones you're made of, you know, just a whole lot of almost drill sergeant stuff. And uh, Sheila is brought to Evil Ash, and uh, I guess for lack of a better word, word is starting to be violated. Well, the thing that's interesting is they bring in these girls, and it's and then you see a lot of topless girls yeah. being drugged in. The reason that they did that is the co-producer Rob Tapert was uh, like, I, I want to see a bunch of girls in chains. <laughs> it, it would be great if we could just get a, a bunch of girls that are topless in chains. But is that what he sounds like? Their boobs. Yeah, kind of. That's that's yeah. that's uh, Sam Raimi's impersonation of Rob Oh, God, Taper, that's what scary. That like. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like somebody would be like, um, listen, I've gotten involved in the movie process to see girls in chains. Well, I think he's the one that ended up married to Lucy Lawless because he was one of the producers on Xena. Oh, oh so he might have ended up in chains. 
He lucked out, is yeah, all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, right. He did well, a little yeah. boy from Detroit. He did okay. Yeah, he did all right. But You all right. Yeah. But uh, that's why those girls are in there, yeah. because let's face it, they're skeletons. What what do they got that they can yeah, they really can, enjoy making girls, right? But they brought her in. They brought them in anyway. Yeah, but when they drag her in, when they drag Sheila in, it's specifically mm. evil Ash. And he does say, give me some sugar baby Yeah, he to does. Her. He, oh, yeah, Come he on, give me some it. sugar baby. Yeah, it's fucking And he creepy. has no lips on the bottom anymore. It's just jaw. Yeah, so teeth. he gums and teeth her. Yeah, yeah. Instead of kissing. And fighting her. And uh, we go back to Arthur's uh, castle at this point and uh, they're all describing how they want to how they have to get out of there. As much as I obsess over mullets, we haven't talked about Arthur's yeah, mullet. Yeah, Arthur's mullet. Yet. You don't see it until he takes that top of the, the, the hat, helmet, the, off, the helmet yeah. off and it is a glorious mullet. Yeah. It is flowing. That mullet <laughs> is flowing. <laughs> he had an achy, breaky heart, but don't oh. tell his heart. Don't tell his heart. His achy, breaky heart. Because it might blow up and kill this man. Exactly. I mean, that's how much it's flowing. Yeah, that fucking hair was glorious. Oh, my Not God. quite like Jean-Claude Van Damme's no, in Hard quite, Target. No, not quite, but it's close. That mullet in Hard Target is glorious. Because it's it's not just a mullet. He's also got the Caesar cut in the front. Yeah. I mean, God damn, motherfucker. He's not just business up front. He's emperor up front yeah. and party in the back. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's a Caesar mullet. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the notes. Well, I'm sorry. Let's get back to the movie. You have no notes. I have no notes. Anyway, they get ready to run, and Ash, I think, fires his gun once, and he goes, go ahead and run. Run home to mama. Run home and cry to mama. Yeah. And not me. I'm through running. And that's when King Arthur asks if all men from the future are loudmouth braggots like him. No. He says, just me, baby. Just me, baby. Just me. See, so he calls everybody baby, yeah. not just not, women. Yeah, not just women. It's yeah. everybody. Yeah. And he convinces them to fight, and we get the, uh, you, you have my steal uh, from the blacksmith. Uh, or he goes, you have, I don't know, I'm with you. And the, then the, the blacksmith so- says, I'm with you. Um, the sword's by your side from the guy that was whipping him. Yes. Says that. Yes. And uh, then did you recognize? The guy, Sam Raimi's brother. Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi. You can count on my steel. Yes, he's the steel guy. Yeah. You can count on my steel. But he raises a torch. Yes. <laughs> I, you would think the blacksmith would say you can count on my steel, but no. I'll stand beside you. I'll stand beside you. So yeah. anyway, he gets, uh, apparently we also find out over half the castle's already left. Yes. It's But there's 60 some odd men. We are but 60 men. Yes. Half our people have already fled. So yeah. we get 60 dudes. Meaning we ran out of money yeah. to pay all the extras. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're working on a skeleton so they crew. begin uh, the course of, uh, once again, montage. Uh, where Some amazingly done fucking montages yes. in this. Where this is right after Darkman. So yes. Sam Raimi has perfected the Raimi montage at this point. Yes. And uh, we have a nice scene where one of the elders almost grabs a thing of gunpowder and holds it over Can a candle. Can we talk about all the shit that's in Ash's trunk? Yeah, he's got all gunpowder. Yeah. Uh, Chem, uh, chemistry books. He doesn't have gunpowder, but he has a chemistry book to teach him how to do gunpowder. Oh, he's yeah, got but you, but they, he miles and miles of gunpowder. Yeah. Uh, he's got a book on like engineering, like steam engines and that stuff. Book has, that, that car is everything. In the trunk, yeah. yeah. It's the trunk of convenience. Yes. <laughs> if you want to use like a role-playing term, you know. What, what I love is that this is a multi-day. Extra shotgun shells. It's yeah. got cans of gas. It's a multi-day montage. At one point, he's teaching them how to fight with uh, spears. Ha! Who? Yeah. Hi! Ha! Yeah. Who? Ha! 
and it's during the day. It's daylight yeah. and he's doing it. So it's multi-days that he's got. Yeah. There's some more extended stuff here where you see both armies preparing. Yeah. This is where the studio started getting cold feet about this because they didn't like all of the extended battle stuff. They were afraid the uh, the audience would get bored. I would submit to you that all the battle stuff is the best parts of this movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, we come to... Uh, oh, and Ash also sent for King Henry and his men to join them. Because that's one of the things he says yes. during the speech that during we'll get Henry, we'll and, we'll Henry with, and his men to fight so, with us. Anyway. Because Henry owes Ash big time. Oh, big time. Yeah. They've just got a damn life. And all of his men that were with him. Yeah, except for one. I mean, well, one. that was There's before one. that was before well, Ash had two. to kick ass. Two. There's one who got thrown in and the blood spurred out. The other one who ran and got shot with an arrow by Arthur. Yeah, but that's like red shirts and yeah, fucking Yeah, I mean, Star no one Trek. cares no about him. No one cares. No one I'm seems to get that worked up about Ants and Ricky getting shot on the fucking planet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, nobody seems to care. It's a Timmy, you know, he just didn't make it back. You don't see fucking memorials everywhere for all the red shirts that I'm die pretty, in the I'm TOS. I'm pretty sure when Ensign Timmy got into the, his uh, stash of the Enterprise, his mom was like, what color is your shirt? Yellow? No, mom, it's red. I love you, son. And uh, I was proud of you. Make sure you throw a baby in your girlfriend before you leave. <laughs> Maybe I can get a grandkid out of this. <laughs> all right, back to the movie. All right. Um, so as they prepared, the army of darkness uh, is now outside the castle walls and evil Ash goes, baby, tell him how you're feeling. And we see Sheila is now evil. He doesn't say that at all. Well, what? No, what do you say? Baby, tell him. Uh, no. He says no. something like that. Why don't you give the boys a good look? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Give the boys a good look. And she says, I may be bad, bad but, but I feel, feel good. good. Her makeup is awesome. Oh, dude, it is it scary is as fucking shit. You think it's scary. I think it's fucking hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, would, you think I it's would so fucking bone the shit out of I got a fear people. boner out of that. I didn't have a fear boner. I had but a full-fledged just full, full I mass, got a fear yeah. boner, though. I was like, possess Sheila can get it. Yeah. <laughs> Actual unpossessed Sheila could get it too. See, but yeah, yeah. possessed Sheila, all she could get it. All she, she they can get it for me too. Just the difference is, uh, Demon Sheila is getting in my fear boner, while regular Sheila is just getting the regular boner. Didn't we establish that if you have sex with an evil dead, that's how you get an STG? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That so it's going to so, be following you. That would so be worth the STG. Uh, do you think? Evil Sheila. Just oh, something following you? Fucking go for it, well, man. Fuck it. Evil Sheila can get it. All right, back to the movie. <laughs> all right, anyway. <laughs> we still got to do the other one tonight. I know. Uh, all right. So anyway, um, the battle begins. Uh, fighting at first, Ash's group is able to hold, uh, but they mistake and a whole nother infantry comes in and bashes through the castle wall. Uh, lots of fighting going on. Well, they're using the gunpowder, so yes, the explosions are keeping them back. And the and arrows. Gunpowder and the arrows are exploding. And they're and catapulting larger bombs as yes. well, which but Evil Ash was not prepared for, obviously, because who knew about explosives but he had some, in medieval times? Yeah, but he had some preparedness because he had a whole infantry hidden that came out that Ash, good Ash wasn't prepared for. Well, yeah, because he can keep raising the dead yeah. with evil. So they're able to break down the door as they all start coming to the castle. We get a good, huh, ha, hoo, ha. And then uh, major they take fight out the, they took the, out the first they, they line. They took out the first line. I yeah. mean, they did a good job. Uh, anyway, we know Evil Ash is after the Necronomicon. Uh, lots of fighting. You can actually see the way that the battle ends up laying out is you yeah. see, especially in the extended version, you see the tactical yes. stuff where Evil Ash decides to surround the castle and he starts moving forward and they're getting ready to do their shit. And Ash ends up holding the arrows and waiting until they get close enough to where they're guaranteed that the blast radius is going to take care of them. So they yeah. 
yeah. blast all the ones with the arrows. Oh, it's, it's a great war scene. Once they get inside, then everything kind of falls apart. But then Ash realizes once they're inside the castle walls, that's when he starts using the car. Yeah. Drives oh, and that's what I was just getting okay, to. Yeah. Uh, Ash all of a sudden breaks through a barn door, kind of. and Well, they think he runs off because yeah. they're, they're trying to hold the yeah. parapet and they're trying and to he, protect the book. Yep. And he changes his car into a steam-powered fucking mo dead dead eye mowing this, machine. You see part of it in the oh, montage yeah. that they're cre- converting it to steam. With a huge, like, well, huge windmill in the front that's just cutting them all up, cutting them all up. Yeah. It just beautiful. seems like this is just going to go fucking Ash's way. They're mowing down the deadites as soon as, as fast as they're getting yeah. there until Ash, while driving, sees Sheila in her red, can't see her face yet. And of course, as we get down to what, how we were talking well, about she earlier. she looks normal when he gets closer to yeah. it, too. They pull the evil dead trick. That's true. And yeah. as we talked about earlier, when Ash was like chaining down himself to cut, yeah. it, it, that meant nothing to Ash, but if someone he cares about, he has a hard time. Even yeah. though he probably knows she's a deadite, yeah. he has a hard time doing it anyway. So he ditches the car, he lands on the car. Flips ter- over on its yeah. side, yeah. And he gets thrown. And, and stops just in front of her without killing her. And she appears as the deadite she is uh-huh. and starts beating the shit out of him. Well, they do the st- stabo vision with the spear. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And finally, Ash gets around to the same area that evil Ash is, and they're kind of fighting, and he's trying to help protect the book. I give some props to Arthur here. Arthur now takes about two arrows, and is still man, uh, telling his men to stay away from him so they can well, protect the yeah, book. Yeah, they're at the parapet. They're yeah. there at the, the gate area to protect man, the book. Arthur shows his metal here with, what, two arrows in him, and he's still kicking ass? If it went through the chinks of armor, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I think it's I think it did because he's getting hurt. Right, but the anyway. At one point, it looks like Ash could stop Evil Ash, but then Sheila shows up, and that brings us to our next clip. You found me beautiful once, honey. You got real ugly. Just so Ash right there. I don't I think mean, she got real ugly. Yeah. I think she got real fucking hot. Yeah, but you, even even if Ash thinks that, he's got to put something in her head going, honey, you got real ugly. <laughs> and he sends her over and kind of pretty much knocks her out of the fight because he sends her over the wall. She, so she lands, crashing she all lands the way got down first the into the spear while, yeah. while dead eye. And, and then he throws her way over because he's on top of the castle wall. Right throws her over. Uh, we I don't think she should have survived this movie, but no. it doesn't have the right tone. Yeah, to kill her. She should have actually died. She should have. There's a few issues I have with Army of Darkness, and that's the, the it's tone. A little, is, it's way more family friendly than the, tone the first two. Yeah, right. the tone The tone is very much more comedy than it is horror. Right. Which is why it's your favorite. I, I still yeah. love Army of Darkness, but it's yeah. not my favorite of the three. I think the reason that a lot of people gravitate towards this one, and like everybody and their brother loves yeah. Army of Darkness, uh, even people who aren't horror fans love yeah. Army of Darkness, I think it's because of the way the tone works. Yes. It's, it's it, more fun. It's whimsical. It's, exactly. it's a total B-movie. It's not a straight-up horror film. No, it's not. Yeah. It, but I, I, Although it could be argued that all horror flicks are technically B-movies, but too. But I, I, I get that. what yeah. you're kind of saying. It's, it's more, more my Buckaroo favorite. Bonsai than fucking yeah. Possessed Evil stuff. Because right. I think number two is closer to the series. We'll get into that, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so big-time fight. Uh, Ash fights his evil self to protect the Nakernamakon. Um, Some pretty interesting battles. Here. Yes, uh, in which they, they Ash fights his evil self and another deadite. Uh, then one sword in each hand. 
Yeah, one sword in each hand. They fight. And Evil Ash is throwing his own men at him. Yes. He was selflessly throwing wave after wave of his own men at Ash. <laughs> to like and help. Ash's own men. Ash doesn't throw him, but Ash's own men tried to help, but unfortunately yeah. get... Well, they come into the battle, but yeah. like there's I... a couple scenes where Evil Ash grabs a Deadite and literally yeah. throws yes. him right on Ash's sword he does. to and try at... and get the advantage. At one point, Ash lights Evil Ash on fire. It thinks, well, now it's over. Right. And we get skeleton Evil Ash. Skeletor. Yeah, Evil Skeletor Ash. Ash. And a lot more fight. And then one punch, another punch where the head spins, another kind of well, homage the, to the first three punch stooges. knocks. Did you see the teeth break? Yeah. yeah. And then he, he does a thing. And where, the eyes are spinning. Well, he, and, he hits him and his head spins around. Yeah. And then his eyes keep spinning. And yes. then Ash is watching his eyes. He gets mesmerized. Yeah, it's, it's another three stooges yeah. kind of. Uh, With the head back. spin, then he turns around and does the kick. Again. Anyway, all this gets Ash gets kicked off the wall all the way down next to a catapult and so does his torch that he was carrying and it starts lighting the uh, the fuse going to the uh, gunpowder that's on this catapult. He actually has rolled several yeah. luck tries. Yes, he really has to he's, this. He's very successfully rolled luck Ash, trials. Evil Ash, uh, Skeletor Ash jumps down Necronomicon in hand. He's standing on the catapult. I have the Necronomicon. I've crushed your pathetic army. Now I'll have my vengeance. Ash takes a sword. All Sam Raimi's voice, by the way. He, oh, yeah. Yeah, once he turns into skeletal yes. ash, it's all... Yeah. Cuts off the hand holding the Necronomicon. Bonehead, you're going for a ride. Boom! The catapult lifts off as evil or Skeletor Ash is sitting on the uh, gunpowder pouch. I love the part where he realizes what's about to happen and his skull pops open as he screams yeah, out. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> and explosion. Uh, oh, and by the way, before all this, Henry's men showed up right when it looked like defeat was, was going to happen. happen. Yeah. And Henry's men showed up. They get and the we have some hand. great scenes of Henry with a mace. It is, I love the skeletons getting ready to flail and getting ready to scream. Oh, the, the, the skeleton screaming. Ah, <laughs> that bashes him in the head. We, him we haven't dust. talked about it, but the skeletal puppetry, the stop motion animation, all the mixture yeah. of stuff that they did in this is it was fucking awesome. incredible. It was really incredible. Which is why this I love this movie. This movie might be a different tone from a horror movie, so it's not really a horror movie, yeah. but it's so well made. But the things that they were able to achieve with practical effects and the stuff that they actually set up is amazing. You cannot deny that. I, no, I, I do yeah. not. This is a great, well put I'm together I'm not saying movie. you. I'm saying uh, you, the listener, people, cannot say, deny yeah. that. Uh, anyway, we come to the end. The two armies, Henry and Arthur, meet in the middle of the, the castle yard, and they look like they're about to fight one's on the left and one's on the right yeah one's red one's white yeah um uh the henry and arthur meet in the middle uh kind of a stare off they throw their they, swords down like yeah. they're about to go to battle yeah, again but, yeah and then they start hugging one another and everyone's happy everyone's together you can hear someone shouting in the background we're brothers now we're brothers like again that. a new yeah. kingdom is born yeah. is what they say yeah. uh the next day or uh, you know i don't know how long it's been but anyway we come to a later day later on Later, uh, yeah. Five minutes later. No, uh, sometime later, as you would see in yeah, comic books. Sometime later, um, the elders are talking to Ash again about how to get home, and that is our next clip. The book tells us that once you drink this liquid and recite the words, Clatu Verata Nicto, thou shalt awaken in thine own time. Remember, you must recite the words exactly. And once again, more words for him to fuck up probably later on. It's the same words. Yeah, same words. You think he would have learned them by now. Right? He uh, runs out, uh, has a makeout with Sheila, and rides out into the sunset, and it leads us to the very last clip. I thought about staying. They offered me the chance to lead them, to teach them, to 
to be king. Uh-huh. But my place is here, so I swallowed the juice, said the words, and here I am. Did you say the words right this time? Well, maybe I didn't say every single tiny little syllable, no, but basically I said them, yeah. Basically. You know that story about how you could have been king? I uh, think it's kind of cute. Yeah. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. I'll swallow your soul! Come get some. Sure, I could have stayed in the past. Could have even been king. But in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby. Okay, so the ending is completely different. There's an alternate I know. Ending. There's a version where he wakes up in the car, bearded, yeah. and all that, and well, it's the end of the world. Well, the thing that the wise men tell him, too, it was overdubbed, but it's different where he says something about, I think it's either two or three drops, and thou shalt awaken in thine own time. Yeah. No need to say the words. That's yeah. why I was saying yeah. earlier about the number of drops. Yeah. But what he ends up doing is he gets into the car, they bury him in the cave, he, he kind of blows up, uh, the like he uses dynamite to blow up the entrance to the cave and seals himself in the cave yeah. so he's safe in the cave yeah and then he takes one or two drops and then he hears something mm-hmm. and he goes he goes one two Ooh. and then he hears something he he looks and he yeah goes, i he remember that two three and yeah. so he hits it again so he hits he ends up taking four drops and he wakes up and he goes i slept too long no! yeah so in the super cut that i did i actually had that part where he's doing the attack in the store which is awesome yeah but i made that the dream uh where he wakes up yeah. he's uh yeah. so so i have the i have the guy tell him he takes the drops and then i have the part where he says say the drop take the drops and say the words yeah like as it's part of his dream yeah. and then when he wakes up in the the cave so that's what i did yeah so. that's nice so after all of this at the battle in the original cut roll credits right roll credits okay Really, no need to like go on and gush and gush about how much we actually enjoy this film. This film's one of I the best we films ever. Recording. It's I love a lot this of fun. I mean, it's so much fun. It totally is. It's a blast. It's an entire amount of one-liners shoved yeah. into a movie. It's upbeat. It's happy. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's everything you ever want. Yep. In a cheese ball beef flick. Yeah. Perfect. Now plus, let's go ahead and flip Bruce. that fucking script. <laughs> We're gonna take a little break. I'm gonna play a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will talk about the Evil Dead reboot quill. No more fun to be had for Matt. This next movie was too intense for him. No, no more fun. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. When I first heard that they were going to be doing sort of an Evil Dead reboot or remake, I was not happy about it at all. Yeah. But then when I found out that not only Raimi and Bruce were involved, but also that Rob Tapert, like all three of the original guys that basically kept the first movie going. Yeah. And like that they were going to be directly involved with it and main producers. I was like, okay, I I think I get what they're going for. Yeah. And what brought my like thinking that it wasn't going to be bad. Like, uh, you know, it's just I from what I could tell, it wasn't going to be an exact remake, which is nice. There was no ash in this. I refer to I I refer to it as a reboot quill. 
And yes. we'll get into that as why. Now, I do want to let all of our listeners know before we kind of jump in to doing the review and everything. We watched the unrated version of the film. It's only available through streaming or I believe in the UK it was released on Sky TV or something like that for a while that they could watch it. But uh, I had to purchase this through uh, Voodoo <laughs> using Ultraviolet. And Voodoo. Then I, then I had to share that library with you so that you could watch it as well. Yes. Now, as much as I like the theatrical cut and I have absolutely no problem with it, when you can give me more guts, more gore, and more grue, I'm all for it. But more importantly, the unrated version has more story to it that got taken out. So that's why we're doing that version. Yeah. Now, having said that, I have no segue. So here's the fucking trailer. Yeah. Dubstep the trailer, right? Right. <laughs> okay, so the movie opens on a girl walking through the woods in a filthy fucking dress. By the look of the gait that she has as she is walking, she is extremely injured. There are some severe injuries going on. She does not look like she had a great time. She cannot walk properly at all. And she looks like she might have spent the night at Bill Cosby's. <laughs> or something much worse, like just got done with enacting I spit on your grave. Yeah, or being Jodie Foster in The Witness. Not Witness. Or not Witness. Um, uh, the Accused. The Accused. Yeah, she seriously, this is what it looks like. It looks like she's walking after being severely assaulted by yes. several people. Whatever it was, it wasn't a good time. Yeah, it looks pretty fucking harrowing, and she's obviously crying as we were talking about the way that she looks right now and the way that they're presenting her. There's even a shot where you see just a steady flow of blood just dripping off of her hand as she's walking by. Something ends up running past her. You see like a blur go past her on the screen and then she speeds up and runs and hides behind a tree but then is bagged by somebody from behind and then knocked the fuck out with a shotgun and when she awakens that leads to our first clip please don't hurt me I do look at all of her who are you 
Ach, that's hot. Hef my ach, love the groom, wedding good night. I just want to go home. Please. I just want to go home. Daddy. Daddy, why are you doing this to me? Who are these people? Look, they're good people. They're, they're here to help. What are you talking about? Where's Mom? Mommy's dead, baby. You know that. You killed her. You did. No, why are you saying these things, Daddy? Please, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. No, I'm not going to kill her. I'm so sorry, baby. Daddy, what is that? a very happy and upbeat opening for a film i'm telling you i haven't felt more cheerful okay so during That's fucking rough during this scene when the girl comes to we see that she's actually tied up with fucking barbed wire the old lady that is there is batting off some kind of spell casting but we see jargon. it's necessary you know well, yeah well she's what she's doing is she's actually hanging dead cats and it looks like she's snapping their bones as she's doing it. yeah and there's something in the book where it says break the bones or something like that yeah you can see where people have scrolled notes all over this book oh, and it's just the, completely i just want to go home dad oh <laughs> my god oh yeah. painful you see where the dad has to light his daughter on fire and blows her head off now you can't see the subtitles where the woman is telling him what to do and talking yeah. to the girl and basically i think it kind of is a mistake for you to know what she's saying i think so i think it actually is better where you don't know what she's saying and you just yeah. see the dad show up i think that would have been even more harrowing i think so i think they just did that for your general audience yeah unfortunately but i like it better when you don't know what she's saying when that clip it's it's even creepier yeah it really the is the old lady yeah, not knowing what she's saying yeah and it just i mean that clip's already really bad like i said that you know begging to go home where's mom like and he's like you know you killed her oh god damn that's that poor dad that's one of the things that uh the evil in this film does really well is the psychological torment not just the physical yeah the yeah, yeah. it's oh all amped god. up in this film and i wrote in my notes right after i wrote and he has to blow off her head with a shotgun i wrote the word fuck and yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it's gonna be one of those movies yeah. you better fucking strap oh, in i'm strapped in okay so the title pops up after that just evil dead not the evil dead and we are fucking on that's oh yeah i mean two. you're i mean you're lit up right away yeah you're it you goes from zero to a hundred real fucking quick oh yeah this will keep your ass in the seat to yes. make sure that you're holding on to something okay so after the credits we get an aerial shot of a long forested road and it's extremely remote from the looks of this 
this. This is really out there, really deep in the woods. This looks like the edge of a national park, basically, yes. where it's really, really You're really out in the, the nowhere. Yeah. Almost like being out in the Everglades or some shit like that. Some completely uninhabited land. Well, it's not. it can't be Everglades because that's swamp, but... No, but I mean... Like just an evergreen like forest, some, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, though, the Everglades, Fucking middle of nowhere. Docks. Yeah. Fucking boondocks. Out in the... Like, Deliverance land. Yes. All right. So we watch as a Jeep drives along this road and then crosses what looks like a very wide and shallow river. It looks like a like a tributary or something like that, or it might be just coming from a mountain. And this is where it comes down. And yeah. It's like I said, it's extremely wide, but it's really not that deep. It's just basically nothing. Yeah. The Jeep pulls up to a cabin and we hear a very subtle join us in the background. I it. heard. I thought yeah. I heard that. Yeah, it's in there. It definitely is. They oh, mix. Fuck. They mix a lot of stuff from the original into this as well. Join us. And then our faux Ash character pops out of the Jeep, and that leads to our next clip. Hey, how's it going, Mr. Hotshit City Boy? Hey, Olivia. Come here. Two arms, please, like you missed me. <laughs> this is my girl, Natalie. Oh, the heartbreaker from your car shop. The doctor. Actually, she's... I'm a registered nurse. Nurse. Mm -hmm. Right, sorry. You're supposed to be here two hours ago, man. <laughs> and that's our irresistibly charming Eric. He's teaching high school. Finally turned you into a bitter old coot, huh? No, you did. Kept us waiting here all morning. Good to see you too, man. Come here. You look good. She's waiting for you in the back. Great. Hey, Mia. I'll be damned. You actually came. Come on, I'm your big brother. Of course I came. I know I look like roadkill. No, you look beautiful, as always. And you're a charming liar, as always. Grandpa? Hey. Hey there, buddy. We always loved this place, didn't we? Yeah, he missed you a lot, you know. Oh, my God. What? What is that? What? Just this right here. What are you? <sighs> it's not funny. This is, uh, it's made from a buckthorn tree. It's supposed to make your will stronger. But I thought you didn't believe in that kind of stuff. I don't, but you do, so you know, maybe it'll work. Okay, well then let's do this. Promise me you'll stay with me until the end. I'm not going anywhere. Cross your heart. Okay, hope to die. Okay. May my friends and family witness this act. An irrevocable promise to my commitment that, fuck it, I promise not to touch this shit ever again. Okay. Let's play cold turkey. Well, <clears throat> know some slugs are gonna have a party tonight. David, oh. Mia's about to go through the worst three days of her life, okay? Withdrawal's gonna make her experience extreme body pain, vomiting, chills, paranoia. It's not gonna be nice. Why three days? Because after three days, the pain subsides and she'll be off the hook for good. Mia's a strong girl, she'll be okay. Yeah. Hopefully this still works. Wait. Uh, uh, real quick, yeah. why did you have to throw away the heroin? <laughs> yeah, that figures. All right, now the list of character names. Are you ready? I'm ready. David. Yes. Eric. Yes. Mia. Yes. Olivia. Uh-huh. Natalie. Yeah. Take the first letter of each name. Is it Ashley? No, it's no. Demon. De oh. David, D, E, Eric, oh, yeah. M, Mia, O, Olivia, Demon. and Natalie. Fuck Demon. yeah. There's nice. a lot of little subtle things they threw into the script on this one. Nice. That was one that I noticed. I'm like, that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. No shit. <laughs> All right, so... 
Dr. Acula. <laughs> kind of. They find the cabin has been broken into, and it fucking reeks, and it is pretty fucking derelict and dilapidated. It's fucked. <laughs> it is. It's a fucked cabin. So they look around, and then they begin trying to clean up the place and Mia's veins, because she's trying to go cold turkey, as we heard in the clip. Get those veins cleaned out of that garbage. Mia tries to reminisce about their mom, and David doesn't want to even talk about it. It's typical straight-up avoidance, the way that he reacts. Dude avoidance, too. Yeah, completely. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it. And you Dudes can, don't talk about feelings? Well, there's that, and you can tell it's because of guilt. I mean, completely because of guilt. Yeah. And Mia gets passively aggressive about this in a very serious way. She lays on the guilt trip about how she was left behind to be there with mom, and at the end, she was always talking about David, and at certain points, Mia had to pretend to be David. Yeah. Because she was left alone to deal with mom as she went further and further into madness. And then Way to go, David. Died. So you got a whole lot of baggage that gets thrown at you within like the first five to ten minutes of the film Yeah, with time. these characters before even getting the intro that brings you in all, all on all of this. Yeah. Well, they cut from that to nail gun of foreshadowing being used to fix the door. As David tries to repair the broken door, Olivia walks up to talk to David, and that leads us to our next clip. Looks like she's doing okay. David, there's something you need to know. Okay. We already tried this whole thing back in Flint last summer. Mia made the same promises. She took the same dramatic vow of sobriety before checking her dope down the toilet. She lasted eight hours and quit. So we don't want to give her that chance this time. What do you mean? David, when she breaks, and believe me, she will, we don't want to let her leave. What do you mean? You want to force her to stay here? Mia. This time the only way is the hard way, man. She won't survive another OD. What? Mia OD'd? She didn't just OD. Legally, your sister died. They had to defibrillate her. Jesus. Look, we all need to be together on this, otherwise it won't work. I came here to make things better with my sister, not worse. She asked me to take her home at some point. I'm gonna have to do it. Sounds like she's doing well. Everything <laughs> sounds good here. After Mia's paperclips moment, they cut from that to a clock shot, which demonstrates a love for the original film. Mm, okay. <laughs> you going to let that go? Yeah, I'm just going to let it go. That's fucking hilarious. Dude. That I is nice. Who you yeah. are. That's good word. Demonstrates. Right yeah. Well done. Yeah. Or I could have said demonstrates. <laughs> no, the, the clock shot is actually straight up the way that they framed it and the way that they did the upshot of the clock. It looks exactly like you would have seen in the original. Evil exactly. Yeah. It's even the same fucking clock. Yep. And the necklace that David gives to me at the opening of the film that's supposed to be giving her strength and everything that uh -huh. has the Hawthorne. Yeah. Clearly the Linda necklace. Yes. You know, that has the same optical thing to it. But they made it carved out of wood and made it look sort of almost rosary like, which yeah. is very interesting. It made it look a lot more sense than the first movie. It's basically the Where original. We sat here and literally said, why would you give someone a magnifying glass for yeah. a necklace? Yeah. And it doesn't have the glass part. It's just this loop thing. So it's like, 
this weird yeah. mystical charm that's Mia's into, so David bought it for her for that. Yes. Basically, that's another thing that I've kind of noticed. This reboot quill, if you will, for Evil Dead is basically the first film just cranked up to 11 for modern day audiences. They're updating it to, I agree. to make it more modern. Yeah. Mia, while she's having the withdrawal start to hit her, you actually see where the smell is bothering her even worse than everybody else, and they're just basically trying to downplay whatever Mia's experiencing. Yeah. And at some point, we actually see Mia getting a shot to help her with the withdrawal. And I think Olivia even states something about how it not necessarily will take the edge off, but it's like a sedative or something to make her feel better. I wonder if it's subtext. <laughs> Whatever it is. But Mia is still talking of the smell of the dead thing. She's still on about that because obviously it's really, really bothering her. And that, like I said, they just seem to think that it's just the withdrawal. Yeah, that it's just the withdrawal and she's just more sensitive. She's still talking about the smell of the dead things, that there's something somewhere in this cabin is dead that she can smell it. And then Grandpa the dog ends up digging at the rug in the middle of the floor, which David grabs and pulls the giant rug out of the way. And we see a giant fucking blood stain wrapped around the trap door. And it is revealed as soon as David grabs that rug and pulls it up and it's a really nice shot because it's overhead of it. At this point, yeah, I would go, okay, you know what? Maybe we should leave. And Eric even asks, uh, is that blood? Yeah. And he's is like, that blood? That's blood, right? Is that a dead body? <laughs> they cut from this to show the guys rooting around in the basement as David steps on what looks like a weakened stair. He even warns Eric who comes in behind him, hey, watch out for this board. And then Eric and he investigate the fruit cellar. Looks like it's also earthen floor just like the original movie. Yes. They find the the source of the stench in the room in the very back of the cabin's cellar. And it is the room from the beginning of the film with a metric fuck ton of dead animals just hanging from the ceiling. All looking like they've been mutilated or broken bone like we were talking about earlier. None of this seems off board. We're fine. Everyone might as well just go to sleep for the night. I'm pretty sure that if I found a room like that in a cabin that I thought belonged to my family, I would want to get the fuck out of there right away too. You really would? At this point, if you find a bunch of dead animals because someone that's willing to do that if they were there once then they might come back most likely i'd add an extra step of if i could find a gas can lighting the place on fire i wouldn't want to burn it i would just want to f make sure that i wasn't there without police and have somebody like watching the place for this guy uh, to come back i would want to burn it and then pour salt in the earth so nothing could grow there again <laughs> okay it's just a bunch of dead animals so it's just clearly somebody that's sick it's not necessarily supernatural i don't care that's still bad even still this is all all sorts of warning signs that you should probably not ignore. As they're looking around, we even see the burnt post in the center of the room where the girl was lit on fire. David ends up touching it and even comments on how it has been burnt. They find a shotgun, a bear trap, and what looks like the book from the beginning of the film wrapped in what I'm guessing is plastic tarps or yeah. garbage bags of some sort. But more importantly, it's also wrapped with fucking barbed wire all over it. It seems to be what it is. And it looks like the barbed wire may have been like melted in some way to try and keep people from being able to open it. Like it looks like it was not necessarily melted but maybe welded or something. When you look at the barbed wire, you can't see where there's a scene yeah. where they wrapped it around. I can see that. Like, you can't really tell. And then even the plastic looks like it was melted over top of it, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're I trying, see that. They're trying to destroy the book or, or make it to where nobody can get to it. Should have fucking buried it is what they should have done. <laughs> should have just burned it. But just from the look of that book and the fact that it's wrapped in barbed wire with the shotgun there and everything, that sends up even more warning signals and leads to our next clip. Let's not go crazy over this, okay? Bury those dead cats out back later. Yeah, the smell will be gone in no time. Yeah, okay. And what about the voodoo shit they did down there? Huh? No, 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 no. Voodoo is more about dolls, personal artifacts. This Eric, is something different. That's enough. You shouldn't have touched anything from that basement. Naturum de Monto. 
Secunda. Estrada. Montose. Fonda. Please, God. Give me a break. What are you doing? I'm sorry, but I have to get out of here right now. No, come on. Slumber party isn't over yet. Yeah. Who's Delvin playing fuck Mary Kill, right? Please look me up. I'm going insane here. Olivia, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Yeah, what is it? I will go through with this, okay? I just, I can't do it here. Mia, we've decided we're not going to take you back. We can't lose you again. You're going to have to stick it out this time. David, drive me home. Come on, David. Mia, maybe they're right. You were supposed to be here to support me, not them. I'm here for you, Mia. That's why oh I came. Oh, my God. I'm such an idiot. To think for once in my life, I could count on you. Mia, we're just trying to help you. Yeah, well, fuck you very much. Eric, leave her alone. Mia. This is one of them patented court psyops composite clips of a lot of stuff happening yeah. at once. So during this, we actually see an electric carving knife of foreshadowing. Mia is pacing around like a crazy person, as we heard in the clip during the downpour. And Eric decides, you know what? It's wrapped in barbed wire, which I can't really seem to find a seam where I can untwist it. Why don't I just cut the barbed wire open and rip open the plastic? And I'm going to look at this book and I'm going to read through it because, you know, there's no warning flags for what's been sent in the basement in any way, shape or form. Do you fucking need a big sign? This says, don't fucking touch this, you dumb prick. It even says, do not read it, do not write it, do not think it, do not say it. And he goes and makes sure that he actually finds the words. All the things that it says, do not do, Eric he does. does. Like a fucking dumbass. You fucking asshole. And so he just goes right ahead and opens the book up and reads from it. And I don't know about you, but for me, this book, whenever it's actually revealed and it comes out of the black plastic and you see it, it feels even nastier than the original because the face on it kind of takes away from it being bound in flesh because you see the face and it has sort of a cartoonish feel. Yeah. This skin, the way that it's put on there and it's stitched together uh-huh. and it's uniformly put together. Yeah. And it very clearly looks like fresh flesh. Yes. It's not aged or leathery. And then when he opens the book, how it's just nailed onto the... You are not in for a, a cartoony good time. No. You, when you see the book, it just sets up a very serious nastier feel to it. And it even says on there, like we said, leave this book alone. You know, and it has the like words like break the bones and drown them or what, boiling what, water and all this stuff that was loosely translated. What more did he want to open up the book and hear a voice? Dude, put the fucking thing down! Well, it even fucking cuts him while he's reading it and he doesn't yeah. even think about that and then he goes through the pages and it says, don't read it, don't write it. So he makes sure that he uses the rubbing technique with the pencil and yeah. gets the words out and as he gets each individual word, he reads it and pronounces it phonetically. Well, I better read this. <laughs> fucking idiot. So Eric does this and then Mia fucking pukes right there as he says the last word. He, she pukes her fucking guts out too. Oh, like yeah. She's in full withdrawal at this point. And I like where she says that line about please God give me a break or something like that where yeah. she's kind of at her wits end. It just fully demonstrates that she can't handle this at all. No, and it's over. Under normal circumstances, Mia is losing it. Yeah. And she ends up seeing like this demonic figure right after she says that in the woods that looks an awful lot like her only like beat up and all fucked up and with these really glowing red evil looking eyes in the woods just in front of her. That's that, fine. That's what makes 
her want to skedaddle the fuck out of there. At the end of the clip, we actually hear where they go to check on her and she's gone and we hear a car revving up. That's Mia stealing somebody's fucking car. She takes the keys and drives off and she's driving like a fucking idiot. She drives pretty much like Eric reads from her forbidden book in ways that you definitely shouldn't. Yeah. She crashes pretty quickly and after nearly hitting a demonic figure of herself, it's like this demonic ghost presence that looks an awful lot like her. Kind of reminded me of Japanese horror movies a little bit, the way she's just kind of standing there. Yeah. That figure. Yeah. Like, all the time. Exactly. Just, like on the periphery and ominous. Just something staring at you, watching you. Yeah. That's kind of yourself. I wouldn't veer away from that thing. No. <laughs> I would have just kept going. But when she crashes, she gets knocked the fuck out. There's a lot of people getting knocked out and then the film goes to black to drive you with it. Yeah. So that when they come to, you're right there with them, which is really interesting. And so she comes to and she wrecked in a fucking bog. <laughs> She's like in a swampland bog area. Yeah. She's fucked, man. And she can barely swim or even try to walk out of the car because of the way the bog is. It's pretty fucking muddy. Yeah, it's really thick. She can barely move and she she even just throws her purse right or bag or whatever it was right back in the fucking car. Yeah. Because she can't do anything with it. Nope. And once she gets out, the water is neck deep for her. I mean, she's not very tall, but she's really fucked if she loses her footing or finds anything deeper because she can't even really swim in this. Well, she finally makes it out. And all the while, we see this demonic shaky cam going through the forest as it's moving around. And then she hears David shouting for her and she turns and stares at what looks like a muddy chunk of just ball water just kind of resting there or just like a piece of ground or whatever. Yeah. And then that turns into a demonic Mia or it's just basically the back covered in mud and it pops up and that gives you one hell of a fucking jump scare. That that does it. Yeah. I know it's coming it for the me job done. and I'm staring at it and I know that that's not a thing of mud but it tricks your brain and every fucking time it works on me. This is a great fucking jump scare. And yeah. so the demonic version of Mia comes at her and then we see more demonic shaky cam as it's menacing her and chasing her around. Ooh. As she runs and then falls into a thicket of thistles and thorns. Why do I do this to myself with my alliteration? I, I just, don't know. I love it so much. I have yeah, to. You have to make big words. Which have to be fancy. Which is also possessed and ties her up, starts choking the ever-loving shit out of her, and spread eagles her legs as the demonic version of Mia appears. You get a full face version of her where you can see the complete face, and it's very clearly supposed to be a demonic version of Mia. Yeah. Which throws up what I have in my notes as a slimy black vine snake. It looks like twisted up vines that are black and, and gooey. Like, it just like oil looks covered. like uh, like the forest has been poisoned. Like filth rotting, oily covered yeah. vines that move like a snake. If there was an oil spill in the woods, this would be it. That thing, whatever it is, crawls right up around Mia's leg like a snake and just keeps winding up and winding up. And then we see it reach her crotch and we watch it hanging freely between both of her legs as it slowly moves up inside of her very uh, clearly into the opening which I'm guessing is her vagina. Yes. This entire process for a moment she's in complete horror and shock and just starts whimpering and then screams at the top of her lungs as you fucking would in this situation. Of course. Now for me this actually is more intense and worse than the tree rape attack with the slow motion and stop motion. Yeah. Because you feel that thing crawling up her leg like you feel what that would feel like you kind of experience that and you know exactly what's going on and then when you finally see it just hanging there and going yeah. up in between her legs without being wrapped around yeah and there's no question it went into some opening oh, in her it, body it, down it there it violated her yeah it's just so fucking vile it's so fucking wrong yeah. well they cut from this to Olivia and David finally find Mia 
Yeah, and then they cut from that to our next clip. Hey, how's she doing? Um, she's talking about a woman in the woods, how the forest attacked her. I don't know, it's just crazy withdrawal talk. Well, don't you think we should take her to a hospital? I feel like we're in over our heads here. Okay, I'm giving her the exact same treatment she would get at a hospital. If we leave now, all of this mess will have been for nothing. Okay, what about the wounds on her arms? I pulled some thorns out. It looks like she might run into a thorn bush out there. She probably did it on purpose. What? David. From now on, she is going to do whatever it takes to get out of here. Listen, you got to get out of those clothes. All right, take a shower. So this is gonna be easy. No, you don't understand. There was something in the woods, David. And I think it's in here with us. No. Want me in the room? Look, you know it's all in your head. Okay, just try to get together. You feel better tomorrow, okay? We're glad we were such assholes. Okay, so during this, Mia sees the demonic image in her reflection, and Eric sees the signs of the first possession, which was Mia wrapped up in vines. It's in the book where there's a woman suspended with vines and something crawling up her legs. This is definitely the thing that just happened to Mia. All sorts of red flags should be going up, but Eric, embarrassed that he caused it, kind of keeps it to himself. Again, yeah, fuck people, this, man. Who com- needs to know about this? Communication is key, folks. This is where it's been demonstrated over and over again in this film alone. Eric is a glib fucking asshole about David and a total fucking dick to his own girl. Yeah. You have no remorse for anything that happens to Eric at all. Eric is a fuckwad. Yeah. He's totally glib and smug and self-important and he's all fucking up on David's shit because I'm pretty sure that the only reason Eric has Olivia is because Olivia was crushing on David and David ran away. Yeah. I, I would say this. Eric is what we like to call in the medical profession as a twat box. That's an insult to vaginas. That is an insult to vaginas. <laughs> He's a fucking dumpster fire. Eric is what we like to call in the medical profession as a tainted penis. Sure. All right. David clears out all of the dead cats and dumps them off in what I'm assuming is a burn barrel because that far out in the middle of nowhere ain't getting no trash pickup at all that far out. Yeah. Has to be a burn barrel and it's right by the shed there. And he sees a trail of blood and then he starts calling for grandpa and I think think he ends up hearing a whimper or whatever and he ends up finding grandpa hiding out in like this crawl space like almost animal den that's built underneath the shed uh grandpa is bloody as fucking hell and when david pulls him out by the collar and grabs a hold of him david breaks down completely holding on to his dog as it dies in his arms and even says what did you get into what did you do yeah and he ends up seeing a bloody hammer laying there in the corner of the shed and he has a vision of mia bashing the ever loving shit out of grandpa and pretty much killing him with the hammer there and so he charges in to talk to her but she is taking a shower right now and starts cranking up the heat on the water so hot in fact that it starts melting the skin off of her body and then 
then boils up her face, and she's basically being boiled alive. David breaks into the bathroom at the worst of this and turns off the shower. He has to grab a fucking washcloth to yeah. grab a hold of the handle. It's that hot. Oof. It's fucked. And Just horrific. He turns the shower off, and they try to get Mia to a hospital. We see her sitting in the passenger seat of his Jeep as he's flying down the roadway, and he reaches to where that shallow stream once was, and now it is a fucking washout river. The signs that we saw earlier that were over top of David's Jeep are actually filled all the way up to just underneath the sign, so you know there's a shit ton of water there. Yeah. Nothing's getting through that, and even if you tried to take a boat, it's going to sweep you away, and you're in danger. Exactly. Because it's moving fast. Oh, yeah. It's because of this storm. It's out of control. So they ain't going anywhere. Eric sees that the next step in the book for this whole possession spell thing is pouring boiling water on a human body. It even says boiling water on human body or something like that. And then they cut from this to our next clip. I um, I, I gave her a sedative, so she should be out for a couple of hours. But fuck, her burns are serious. Like, second, third degree. This is so wrong. Well, nobody could have known she would do something so twisted. No, you should have known. We've all been following your lead since we got here. We should have left when Mia wanted to. Baby, please. Okay, let's not lose our heads, okay? With any luck, it'll stop raining in a couple hours, and we'll be able to cross the creek in the morning, and we'll take her to a hospital, okay? Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I don't know if you'd noticed this, but, but nothing has been fine. And everything's been getting worse every second. Mia? Mia? What are you doing? Mia, put the gun down. Put the gun down, please. Mia! Put the fucking gun down! Okay, so Mia walks in after this, dragging a shotgun behind her. When David tries to talk her down, as we heard, she shoots him the bang deafens everything in the movie, which is awesome because if you were there and that fucking shotgun went off, it would probably make your ears ring and the shock of the blast of someone getting shot in front of you would probably send you into this moment. Then we see the shaky cam busts into the cabin as Mia starts floating midair and shrieks and we hear the one by one we will come for you, which is from the original Evil Dead. Mia says, you're all going to die tonight and then falls to the ground and passes out. Everyone's thinking it's a trick get an axe but these kids have no idea what they're involved with olivia being the rn goes for the gun and tries to check on mia mia grabs her and vomits up all of the blood directly into her mouth that's sanitary oh my god that was awesome just a giant geyser of blood all over her face and it looked like there was like maggots and chunks of other shit in there i know that there wasn't but it looks like it it looks like there's chunky bits of stuff that's in that fucking vomit blood it's awesome this causes olivia to toss mia into the cellar in sort of a uh, self-defense mechanism without even thinking about it she's just trying to throw mia off of her that ends up throwing her into the trap door to the cellar and eric slams that trap door shut and locks it mia's pushing up on it and that leads to our next clip it's totally psychotic my god what happened to her eyes What's she doing? Sounds like she's hitting herself against something. This is impossible. 
just gave her enough sedative to put a horse to sleep. You can nothing. Give her another shot. I can put her into a coma. For Christ's sake, Olivia, she's gonna kill herself down there. Go get the shot. I gotta get the strap out of my arm. But I, I have tweezers in my purse. David, listen to me. I, I, I don't think a tranquilizer's gonna do shit. Because I don't think we're dealing with a freaking panic attack here. I'm scared that what's happening to me has something to do with the fucking witchcraft in the basement. Olivia? Olivia? Are you okay? Olivia? Olivia? What are you doing in there? Olivia? Olivia? Are you okay? During this, Olivia goes to get a shot. She is menaced when she sees a demon visage of her appearing in the mirror, which is her face all carved up and everything, as the cabinet door for the bathroom slams shut and the mirror is there. The mirror then immediately bursts after this. We see the book opens up to a filleted face drawing. The door that leads out from that bathroom in that room closes on her as she tries to run. She speeds up her pace and there's a moment where she stopped dead in her tracks. This got me the first time and it gets yeah. me every time where her body's not her own anymore. She yeah. just stops and she can't move and you see her like standing there terrified and just frozen and you kind of watch as it slowly takes over and controls her body. I love the little bits of twitchiness and all of that where the demon's trying to get control and seeing how to make it move Yeah, and you see them resisting and trying to fight until they give in. The worst. It's so fucking horrifying. I know. And oh. awesome. Alright and after the demon gets full control I I don't know if she does this out of fear or if the demon does it just because it can, but she gets twitchy and pisses herself. All of the urine comes out of her. I'm pretty sure that's like her last of her fear, like the last of her getting humanity. Ready to go down. Yeah, where she's so terrified of she's what's happening. So to her. It's almost like uh, they say a lot of times, like your bowels, everything let loose when you die. Maybe she just died. It that's could, it. It could be that, and it could also be because she can't move and it's got control of her body. It basically just, you know, she couldn't hold it back. You're anymore, gonna pee yourself. Like that. And that's when Eric checks on her. He comes in and he finds her back in the bathroom and he's like asking around for her and he's calling out to her and everything. And she has filleted out not only her tongue, but most of the one half of her face and working on the other side. Oh and my God. You could hear it in the clip. It's so fucking gruesome. That is hor that's <laughs> just horrendous, man. <laughs> I saw your face where you're like, you dick. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you see that she's cut off most of her face and that as soon as he sees this, he of course is horrified by this and then he slips on her fucking tongue that's just laying there in the middle of the floor, lands in a backbreaker motion onto the toilet toilet and then falls flat to the ground and then Olivia crawls over towards him and starts attacking him. She stabs him square in the fucking right side of the chest before he can even do anything with the mirror shard and she stabs him so hard it looks like it broke Yeah, and so she throws the rest of it off but there's still a good chunk of it still sticking out of there. Then she just finds the empty syringe from earlier and grabs it oh my god this part and starts stabbing the ever loving fuck out of his eye. Ah. Uh... 
hey kids, in case you didn't know, ocular penetration and ocular violence is a problem that Matt Psyop has. Ooh. He can't handle it. What? This scene was too much for him, I guarantee you. Oh no. I hate you. It was like five or six straight stabs right through the glasses. Yeah. Uh, and then he puts his fucking hand up to defend it. Uh, and then she's stabbing through his hand and it's still getting into his face and the glasses. Yeah, which part of I hate you don't you understand? Oh, so fucking violent. So fucking brutal. And it makes me cringe. So I know that had to make you wince. I did not like it. Did you cover your eyes? Did you stop I, looking? Or? I didn't cover my eyes. I kept looking. I powered through it. It's kind of like a manly thing at this point. <laughs> it, I go to, I, I forget the comedian's name now, but he talked about with the first time he got a catheter. And the lady shoved the tube into his dick and it hurt, but you have to be a man about it. So you can't let him know it hurts. You got to go like deeper, boom, deeper. So the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Even though the psyche of the little boy, you know, my young psyche is like, shit, no, why am I watching this? Stop it. Let's watch some cartoons. I hate court. Why is he doing this why to me? Why is this happening to me? But outside, I'm like, fuck yeah. Violence, manliness, woo! But she does. She stabs the ever-loving fuck out of his eye, his I face. I felt it. His I felt hand. it like the whole night after watching it. I yeah. felt it in my eye. The worst for me was the defensive wounds because so many horror movies miss that where you see the arms and the hands getting slashed when someone's trying to defend yeah. themselves, which is so hyper realistic and violent that it gets to you and it gets you in that very visceral. I know, just felt it in my eye. It's a very primitive memory yeah. of what those kind of injuries are like with defensive wounds that it triggers that really well yeah and i have it in my notes fucking brutal <laughs> even when he tries to defend himself and he's being stabbed i wrote that and i underlined it Ugh. this only stops when he basically throws olivia off of him smashes her fucking head into the bathroom sink which breaks a chunk off of it and then he ends up having to bash her own goddamn head right the fuck in i mean he just bashes her goddamn skull with a chunk of the broken sink but before he even gets a chance to do that, he has to stop and pull the broken syringe needle out of his own goddamn ah, eye. Can we just stop? Oh my God, that's so brutal. And they go right in on it too. He's rubbing his eyes, folks. <laughs> Matt's just like not happy about this at all. In my notes, I wrote so fucking brutal there well, too. Well, and I knew it was coming. I knew what we were going to talk about tonight. It's just, ah, I was hoping it wouldn't hurt, but it's hurting my eye again. <laughs> I know. I can't believe the visceral reaction you're having to this. It's that primitive thing, man where you just like you know you need your eyes to survive in the wild so like you want to defend them you know well and it's just it just seems more painful uh, <laughs> can't stop rubbing your eye <laughs> that's so crazy that it's having that effect on you all right super fucking brutal and then the shot after that where she is crawling at him is fucking nightmare fuel he even begs her he just says please stop please stop and that's when he just grabs a hold of that and just crushes her goddamn skull with that chunk of sink and that last time as he goes to do that smack with the last hit on to Olivia's skull where her skull completely busts open and you hear the juicy bits kind of flowing out. The sound design in this film is amazing. That's when David breaks into the bathroom and it's just in time to see that final blow where Olivia's head just crushes right open and the brains and bits go everywhere. And I love where you see David cover his mouth and then you see Eric looking down at what he just had to do. Yeah. And he also looks like he's about to vomit. And then all Eric can do is just keep repeating, she tried to kill me. She yeah. cried to kill me. As he has an eye missing. <laughs> well, it's all stabbed fuck yeah okay now this i don't understand in my notes i wrote fuck this is sexy as hell are, are you all right <laughs> seriously that's in my notes i guess it was the 
Vines. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it was, maybe the skull bashing, it really well, turned me on. I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. We cut from this to David pulls the mirror shard out of Eric's chest. Not so sure that was the best plan because sometimes it'll form a vacuum with the blood. Sometimes you need to leave that in there. Yeah. Particularly where that stab wound is. I know it hurts and everything, but... Pull it out. Pull it out. Whatever. They pull the mirror shard out of Eric's chest and that wound where the blood starts pouring out. Oh my God. That was fucking so realistic. Yeah. Oh my God. The special effects in this are amazing. Yeah. Practical effects. That's why. A good portion of this is practical effects. Yeah. So that's why. And then the blood just keeps pouring out. It looks like this really thin watered down blood as it goes. Ugh. And David stuffs a bunch of fucking gauze or some shit in there to try and cease the bleeding. And he puts like a bandage that like is self-adhesive or something like that. And then has Eric put pressure on it. And then he grabs a hold of some sort of what I'm assuming is a disinfectant or something like that, which he dumps into the wound. And then because he doesn't really have anything else to help put pressure on the wound, he puts that self-adhesing pad on there and then says, fuck it, as he grabs the duct tape and duct tapes that over top of the wound. Yes. So fucking awesome. This movie does not give you a chance to catch your breath in any way, shape, or form. It just keeps getting more and more ratcheted up. Yeah, you're completely fucked in this movie. <laughs> I even wrote my notes. This is so fucking awesome. All right, so Eric tries to tell David about the book and what it was that he did and how this is kind of his fault. As Natalie goes into the cabin to get sugar and water for Eric because obviously he's going to be low on blood and he needs it. That leads us into our next clip. David, I read a passage from that book. It, it was some sort of prayer. I released something, David. I released something evil. Yeah. What am I doing down here? My leg hurts. I can't move. I'm gonna come down there, okay? Why did you lock me down here? You were supposed to help me. Hey, we're trying to help you, okay? You were out of control. No, you got violent and we didn't know what else to do. Yeah, like something really terrible has happened and we have to get out of here now, okay? I don't understand. He's not gonna let you leave. And he's not gonna stop until he has you. Until he has all of you! Natalie finds the sugar and the water, but Mia busts out and Natalie is tricked by her, sounding like she may be fine. She goes down to check on her and Natalie is a very kind soul. She was not built to deal with this Dude, kind of stuff. not built for this cabin. She's extremely apologetic where she's like, but you were going crazy. You were trying to hurt us. We didn't know what else to do. And she just feels so guilty about locking her up. And she also almost gets away as we hear in the clip there with that battle, but he's dragged right right back down to the cellar and is knocked out. And then when she comes to on the stairs with Mia crawling up on top of her as she licks her legs very erotically, she starts at the lower calf area. So how are you at this point? Works her way up to the kneecap. How are you? Hang on. Mm -hmm. It's very erotic, which is, I wrote in my notes, which is fucking disturbing to everyone but me. <laughs> that demon face licking at her knee and then working her way up to her inner thigh. Uh... 
when she makes her way to the inner thigh. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, it makes everyone else in the world uncomfortable but me. Mm, maybe not just you. <laughs> Matt um, found new things out about himself. Demonic possessed girls doing lesbian stuff is okay by you? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, it is. That's what this movie will do, man. I really hate myself. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Yeah. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Court. You just watched a demonic girl mouth rape someone's leg. Does that sound fine? Court, you and me, we're going to be okay. <laughs> no, we're not. All right. So whenever Mia's tongue starts working its way up to the thigh, Natalie is no longer frozen in fear and grabs a box cutter to try and fend off Mia. Mia says, I can smell your filthy soul, which makes me think she was going to say something else, but they had to edit it to keep it at an R rating or the something. Filthy Coochalooch. Not necessarily Filthy Soul, but I think, you know, what something That's what I said, Filthy Coochie Cooch. Whatever. But when she says, I can smell your Filthy Soul, she then bites Natalie's hand that was holding onto the box cutter, which falls out of Natalie's hand because it's being bitten to fuck by a demon-possessed girl. And then Mia grabs the box cutter and slices her own tongue perfectly in half down the middle, which makes everyone else sick to their stomach, but uh, somehow turns me on. Uh, yeah, okay, I can't go with you on that. The bisected tongue, when it goes back and forth, I was like, oh man, the possibilities, that's so hot. Well, now you bring it up. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, in the moment, I wasn't thinking of that, but now being... You know, you're still you're still hung up on the fact of watching her slice it with yeah. the razor. But now being uh, a few hours removed from watching it. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> it's sexy and disgusting all at once, I which is where I like to live. <laughs> yeah, he lives at the intersection of disgusting and sexy. That's the thing about this film is it sexualizes the creepy factor of some of the things that they're doing. And it makes it to where they're not just going to physically harm you by beating you and trying to cause you physical pain. They're also going to psychologically torture yeah, you. They're going to psychologically they're going to sexually torture you. you. They're going to do whatever they can to break you down. Okay, so Mia shouts out, and shoves the newly talented tongue. Man, I'm really into this. Yeah, <laughs> really you really are. Tongue into Natalie's Dear mouth. Penthouse. <laughs> I never thought demon possession would be for me. I never thought this would happen to me, but I was at the cabin with my girlfriend. Okay, so David ends up opening the cellar door right as this forced French kiss with bisected bleeding tongue is occurring. Words I never thought I'd get to say on a podcast. Thank you, movie. Yes, thank you, movie. David always seems to come in right at the worst possible moment. He's like that friend that's super talented to open the door whenever new stuff is going on. Yes. Like your college roommate when you forget to hang the tie. Uh-huh. And it's the time your lady's letting you do something you shouldn't normally do. Uh-huh. Okay, so David opens the cellar door and finds this kiss happening and Mia lets Natalie go who scrambles to get the fuck out of there justifiably so and she is completely hysterical at this moment which anybody of would be she, uh, anybody would be but even her yeah. more so because she as we have said is not built for this cabin and then mia says this in our next clip why don't you come down here so i can suck your cop pretty boy mia mia's not here you fucking idiot your little sister's being raped in hell so she's offering her brother oral sex. Okay. David proceeds to... <laughs> then th we've hit our limit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's weird bisected tongue and blood everywhere. Cool. Incest? Nope. Nope. We here at Cinema Psyops, we have to draw a hard line someplace. And that hard line is incest. Okay, so David proceeds to chain the cellar door, that whole trap door to the cellar. He chains it the fuck up. And I love the way that they do this, where it's a utilitarian and he's hammering all these nails 
nails in to hold the thing. You see even more chains where it's going all the way across where he's not fucking around. And then Natalie looks at him and says, I want to go home. Yeah. We all do at this point. Natalie, we know. We all want to go home. And Eric walks in with a gas can and chugs the sugar water out of the pitcher and says, thanks for the water. Giving us a very brief moment of comedic relief that lasts for maybe a second. They cut from this to Eric tries to burn the book, which I'm guessing that's what he brought the gasoline in for, and that does nothing. So completely different than the original series. Yeah. This book will not fucking burn. No. It will not burn at all. They cut from this to Mia Demon, a little shot of her, and then they cut from that to our next clip. This book uses some ancient alphabet. There's some translations, but just scattered through notes. They all refer to some evil entity, a taker of souls, a demon. It says, once he feasts on five souls, the sky will bleed again, and the abomination will rise from hell. This is insane. This thing is attached to Mia's soul like a leech. It's becoming her. If we want to stop this, if we want to help Mia, I think we're gonna have to kill her. What'd you say? If everything said- Eric, we're not gonna fucking kill anybody. Are you listening to yourself? What about those dead cats down in the basement? I mean, maybe they had some disease. I mean, some virus that it spread to Mia, and then she she passed it to Olivia when she puked all over her face. What, what kind of a virus makes a person cut off their face with a piece of glass? And in a couple hours, the river will be clear, but we're gonna get out of this place. All of us. Doesn't matter where we go. If we don't do something right now, we're all gonna be dead by then! Give me the hand. After this, we see the bite wound in Natalie's hand is starting to fester. She tries to wash it off and then even ends up pushing at the pieces that are festering and pushes out some of this black, awful goo-looking blood, which is pretty fucking sexy, if you ask me. That effect was awesome. The, the effect was sexy, not the All reality right, I was going to say, um, okay, I get Maybe it. a little bit of both. <laughs> her hand starts convulsing, which at first we think is from the pain, and then we see her hand's demonic infection begins to spread through her hand rapidly and then up her arm as she is trapped in the kitchen by the door that slams there as well. Natalie finds the strength and the survival instinct to yield the electric carver of foreshadowing we mentioned earlier and to cut off her own fucking arm. And in my notes I wrote, fuck, this is brutal. The sawing off of the arm causes the power to short out as she's pushing the electrical parts of this cabin too far and me to climax. Wow. Wow. Okay. Included that in there, huh? I didn't mean to write that. Do those pages stick together a I little bit? I should not have said that. You should not have said that out loud. I'm probably going to edit that out. I wouldn't do it. I'm probably not going to edit that out. <laughs> you don't want to ruin the trust. <laughs> We're in the circle of trust with our listeners. David goes to check on Natalie when he hears her scream and finds a massive pool of blood in the middle of the kitchen. And we see the remaining 
veins and tendons rip as the arm tears free. Fucking gorgeous effect. All practical, all gruesome. The tendons breaking out and that little piece of flesh that's left over when the arm falls out. That was it for me. You got the eyeball thing. That piece, I was like, oh, Uh, oh. uh. And then I went, I got to see that again. Did your fingers go a little numb? (laughs) No, but I just just looked at it and went, ugh. Mine did, and they just went numb again. (laughs) Just thinking about it? Yeah. It's very visceral, this film. They cut from this to Mia maniacally laughing in her little demon makeup in the basement, and then we see David patching up his lady's dump. He's telling her he and Eric will put a stop to it, and that leads to our next clip. Hold on, please. Eric and I, we're gonna gonna put a stop to this, okay? I promise that everything's gonna be fine, okay? Okay, baby. She just cut her fucking arm off. Does that sound fine? Inscriptions are confusing, sometimes contradictory, but they're consistent about one thing. In order to stop this, the possessed must be cleansed, purified. The book describes three specific ways. A live burial, bodily dismemberment, and purification by fire. You sure this will work? If we, if I kill my sister, she'll be at peace. Am I... Am I sure? Of course not. This is not a science book. Look, I'm sure of one thing. Whatever is inside Mia is the cause of all this. If she dies, then this thing is gonna die with her. What if she just lost her mind? What if she just needs a doctor? What? A doctor? My mom died in a mental hospital. She was crazy. She was deranged. She was a monster. I've always feared that me and Mia would end up like her. So, okay, so, so Mia went crazy. Okay, what about Olivia? What about Natalie? Maybe we've all gone crazy. (laughs) So, you're just a fucking coward. You know exactly what we have to do, but you're too scared to go through with it. I'm gonna burn this fucking place down, and I'm gonna end this nightmare. Why don't you just run away? Go hide beneath some rock somewhere. You know you're great at that. With this, a possessed Natalie nail guns the fuck out of her face in front of them. I tried to count them as best I could. She gets about six shots into Eric's arm. Eric gets a lot of defensive wounds in yeah. this film. He's trying to defend himself, and that's where those wounds end up happening. And then she gets three in David's leg when he tries to intervene. And then David ends up front rolling out of the way and hides behind some furniture from the nail gun fire. Natalie gets one in Eric's hand, nailing it to his chest. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. Puts about six or so more in his abdomen and then unloads a shit ton of nails. So many, in fact, I gave up counting at this point. It just gets more and more brutal. Eric, Eric should probably be dead by now. I was like, Jesus Christ. And you know, if you have that visceral thing against nails, seeing the nails hit the flesh and the arms. Yeah. Especially the one that really gets me is the one with the force of the nail drives the hand into his chest and Ugh. drives it in there. So fucking visceral. Say what so you want. At this point, Eric can take a punch. Yeah. You got to love an Eric who can take a punch. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I gave up counting because Eric. Eric is getting the ever-loving shit yeah. nailed out of him with this, basically. Holy shit. I knew voodoo dolls who get less punishment. <laughs> okay, so right as this is happening, David finally tackles Natalie to the floor, knocking the nail gun free. Natalie stays down long enough for the boys to pull out some of the nails, but then Natalie reappears and proceeds to beat the ever-loving piss out of them with a fucking crowbar. Oh, 
so fucking brutal. I love the sound design on this. When you hear it hitting the skulls and stuff, it just, you feel the crunches, you feel the ring of the metal. It's so well done. Yeah, it really is. As she's doing this, Eric ends up blasting her with a nail gun as she's beating David. And she turns to him and then says want to play little man and he begs her to stop as he keeps trying to shoot with the nail gun he runs out of nails and then his left hand which he's holding up as a defensive maneuver is split in two Ugh. by a crowbar swing so fucking brutal jesus christ and then she hits him in the right hand which he tries to use to defend himself which it looks like she broke his fucking hand or maybe broke his arm or she fucked him up in some way shape or form it makes that hand pretty much immobile for a second from that strike and it makes him completely unable to defend him himself and then she smashes him about maybe four times in the skull maybe five i don't really know and he's just there kind of bleeding and just hunched over and unable to defend himself just get to dying before she can complete the coup de grace on top of the skull which she really rears back with that fucking yeah. crowbar she's ready to fucking deal the death blow david disarms her with a shotgun blast <laughs> another one i'm just gonna go ahead disarm her you let one of mine go so i'm all okay right. now that she is full Fully unarmed, the evil ends up tormenting David in our next clip. David, why are you hurting me? My face hurts. Why? Why does my face hurt? <laughs> this is awful this is the part that wrenches my heart when she's like why are you hurting me david yeah she crawls over to him why does my face hurt you know the demons are just fucking with him Ugh. you know they're just tormenting him because he just had to shoot off her arm with a shotgun yeah and he can't handle that it's so fucking awesome and brutal and it just breaks your heart while she's laying there and it looks like she may be dying or that's what they're at least mimicking david then walks eric outside and drops him right up against the tire of the jeep and david goes into what i have in my notes is full-fledged ash mode at this point and they make you think that David's going to be your final guy and he's going to take care of everything. Yeah. He starts cleaning up the mess. He burns Olivia's body in the shower, which doesn't really seem that smart to me in the cabin. No, but I don't think he cares shit one about this cabin right now. Not at this point. And then he takes Natalie out to the shed and chops her up with a chainsaw after wrapping her in black plastic. Then he dumps gas all over the goddamn cabin and gets ready to light it up. He hears Mia singing the Baby Oh Baby, that mother's song that she was talking about earlier in the film, which really rends his heart even further. And he decides to try to purify her, not through fire, not through bodily dismemberment, but with the one shot he has to bring her back with live burial and then we get a sequence where he builds an awesome ghetto defibrillator with some syringes and a fucking car battery yeah and that was pretty hardcore he works in a garage so i can believe that he can wire up something like this i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll push the i believe button sure hey we pushed it for me at darkness might as well push it now yeah so that entire build scene is awesome and i have it referred to in my notes as ghetto defibrillator yeah <laughs> might as well yep so david tools up as you would see in a total sam remy type sequence it's 
very well mimicked and even kind of amped up a little bit here. And he digs a hole to bury Mia alive. He heads down to the cellar and goes looking for her. We get a glimpse of the box cutter in a little bit of the light from the flashlight that he's using. And it's just kind of laying there on a table. But when the room goes dark in that section and we can't see it because it's covered in shadow, then the light comes back and we see that it is completely gone. That was so creepy and so well done. Yeah. Because you know who has it. Yeah. David goes to what I have in my notes is the possession room in the basement or cellar. After the door slams shut in front of him, you hear like boards falling and you think that Mia's running around the outskirts of the room trying to startle him or whatever and then runs completely into that dark room and slams the door behind her. And it shows that he is armed with some type of syringe that looks like knockout juice and it looks like he has a shitload of it. Yeah. He's not taking any chances here. He finds that the section of the basement in this room has flooded and it looks like it's up to about his knees or maybe a little bit more. And then he starts searching for Mia and when he sweeps the light about the room, at one point he goes back to the door and then we see, and I wrote it in my notes this way, I don't know how else to put it, Mia pops up giving us a jump scare and then she house on Haunted Hill Vaso slides at him and us and scares the shit out of us on camera. There. Yes. It's just so straight, just like the straight slide through the water. It's pretty fucking cool. And then we see that she gets at David with the box cutter. He gets some defensive wounds on his arms. She cuts him several times and then starts tossing him about the room into the walls. Very Evil Dead 1 with Ash hitting the bookshelves. Yeah. And then she tries to drown him in like this water basin in the corner of the room there. But just before he ends up dying, it looks like the light's about to go out. You see he gets let up and you hear like a loud thump or something like that. It turns out that Eric shows up and I guess he clobbered Mia and knocked her down and he's saving David here. But she ended up getting at least one last stab with that box cutter and it looks like it's deep and into the guts on Eric. How many more wounds can this man sustain and still stay upright? I'm going to say that's about it. Yeah. Maybe it was one wound too many. I even wrote that in my notes. David injects Mia in what looks like the back of her neck, probably to do some kind of thing to incapacitate her. I'm guessing he was trying to do like a Karari thing where she's yeah. paralyzed from the neck down momentarily from whatever this thing is that he injected. Uh-huh. I, that may be what they're hinting at. I don't really know. But either way, she's incapacitated. Eric is wheezing because his lungs are starting to collapse from the stab wound in his chest, I'm guessing. And he dies finally. I love the part where he lets him just kind of lie down and just soak down into the water. Yeah, <laughs> he just right. kind of gives up. He's like, let's make sure he's dead and we'll drown him face first. And David grabs Mia and drags her on out of the basement. And then we see he starts to bury her alive. But first he has to put on a pretty red dress for her. And he puts a plastic bag over her head. That makes sense. He doesn't want her to like scream and catch dirt in her mouth and die for real that he can't bring her back. Exactly. That's what the bag's there for. I don't know if people realize that when they saw the movie. I don't think so. David thinks ahead. He's a pretty smart dude. Yeah. All right. So the demon tries to trick him with that whole talk of, you know, your sister, you weren't there, all that kind of guilt tripping thing and pretending to be actually Mia like she's terrified and she doesn't know what's going on. But he continues to bury her despite this fresh hell and torment. Once again, in my notes, fucking brutal. Oh, big time. He finally buries her completely and then sits there and waits for the tree that got struck by lightning that was burning to finally burn out. We hear a heartbeat in the background as this happens, and then we hear the heartbeat stop right as the tree burns out as well. Then David immediately digs her up and starts the very dramatic process of ghetto defibrillation. The Clear. 
The music sells how dramatic this is. This is the part of the film I don't like. I don't like this resurrection part. Uh, because in the music? It's over-dramatized. Yeah. And as Mia is revived, it finally gets to the point where he's trying to revive Mia. We almost give up on her. He keeps doing the shock. He keeps doing the shock. And then finally the battery dies out or his ghetto defibrillator just fails. And then just like David, we end up giving up hope. He throws a blanket over her and he starts to walk away. And then boom, she comes back and is revived. She says David's name. They embrace. And it's very dramatic. And it slows down the goddamn film and it needs to stop. <laughs> and finally it does. So David tells her to wait outside while he goes in to get the car keys. He goes in and grabs the car keys and then lingers staring at a photo of the old gang as he grabs it and he starts to kind of linger there just staring at it and he's obviously feeling the sadness which is a huge mistake because the possessed Eric is standing there right behind him and he stabs him in the fucking throat. Now you couldn't tell what the object was at first because David grabs at it right away but then he pulls it out and it drops to the ground. It's a pair of fucking wire cutters. Oh. And I'm pretty sure he stabbed with them open and then squeezed them shut from the uh. looks of that the way that he did it so that had to fucking hurt. That could not have been good. So David pulls pulls the wire cutters out of his neck like a fucking idiot. When you have a wound like that, you want to try and leave it in because it can form a seal and it might help keep you alive. And then stumbles out while bleeding out at the same time to the front of the cabin. He gives Mia the keys, demands she go, and then she tries to resist. He basically shoves her out of the cabin, yells at her to go, slams the door, and the Eric demon ends up scaring her off as the door gets slammed as well. He ends up grabbing the shotgun by kind of kicking at it and it falls over right into his hand he aims it at the gas can and shoots it which I don't know if that would work for lighting it up unless the sparks from the gun going off went with the shells I think that's what he's hoping for but either way it works it goes up and it lights the Eric possessed evil dead character up into a huge flame and then he says something about he's coming or whatever but it gets it's pretty much too late and then everything gets straight on fire with all the gasoline that he poured around the whole fucking cabin goes up and this burns up the Eric demon who says join us. It's one more time. And then we see David with possessed eyes as he's sitting there at the cabin door burning as well. We are at five souls, folks. Yeah, mentioned it earlier. We're there. And it's time to fucking party. <laughs> yeah. All right. So join us. It starts to rain blood like they said it would. Rain Sorry, I had yes. to do it. Slayer right. And the blood-soaked earth opens up as Mia falls down to the ground in the pool of blood that's around her, and the abomination grabs her arm and starts crawling out of the ground. Anywhere that this abomination touches Mia, it burns her. It burns the living fuck out of her. She even screams. Now, this abomination, it looks to me like a composited creature of the five souls that it's consumed. Yeah. It's tall and lanky, like Natalie kind of is. It kind of has this motion gate to it kind of like how David walked yeah. it feels like all the other five souls yeah. and it has Mia's face Yes. so that's kind of what I thought it was it's like this weird compositive creature of the five souls I get that okay so Mia darts off to the jeep and before she can actually get it to start the abomination is there busts through the fucking glass and then ends up grabbing her leg and burning it Mia then crawls out and runs towards the shed she crawls into that earth tunnel worn animal den thing 
below the shed and she starts to hide. She thinks she has it, but the thing follows her and starts crawling inside after it says Mia at her. She makes it into the shed and crawls up to the top. She looks for the creature in the hole where it was crawling in the ground. And then she looks to the door and doesn't see it coming in either way there. So she kind of holds on for a moment. She goes to reach for a machete, which is there and she's ready to go. But then she looks up and sees the chainsaw and she has to fill it up because I'm willing to bet that the brother used up all of the gas carving up Natalie. Yes. At least he was nice enough to clean off all the blood. Right. David's a prepping guy. He knows David's what to a, do. A, it was a kind soul. He knew what to do with that. He was considerate. So she ends up filling up the gas, dumping it pretty much all over the chainsaw at the same time. And then as she's doing that, the abomination gives her a warning by saying her name again. And when it's there, just pulling up out of the ground, that scares the living piss out of you as well, that jump. She crawls into... It looked like an air gap uh, between the walls of the shed. It might have been a place to store planks and boards or something like that for the shed. I don't really know what, but it's a gap between the walls from the outer wall of the shed and then the wall where all of the tools and everything are. And she's crawled back in there and she thinks she's going to be okay for a moment. And she's kind of there and then she starts trying to start the chainsaw. And then all of a sudden a machete stabs through the goddamn wall, which I'm guessing it's the abomination wielding it. It does a couple of stabs, doesn't get anywhere near and then finally gets a stab and she screams out in pain. You can see the fucking creature as evil as it is. It actually angles the machete down as it's dragging it back to try and get maximum damage for whatever it is. It's trying trying to cut open even worse when it's dragging it back out. It gets a couple of more stabs. We get really close to her head. So Mia starts to freak the fuck out as you would. She starts arm barring at the boards to the outer wall, breaks a couple free from the shed. And right before she can crawl out, another slash happens and gets her upper arm. And that one looked deep. She screams like a motherfucker. And it was a really nice through stab there. She then breaks her way out finally and crawls out of the shed with the chainsaw. She ends up hiding behind the Jeep. And then we see the abomination creature creeping out of the shed through the door. That was fucking creepy as that was, shit. Yeah, fucked up. You see that thing, you're like, that ain't right. Something's not right. Something's We're, wrong. Everything's messed up here. Nothing's right. Everything's messed up. And it seems like the body proportions change every time you see it too. Like it's just something not right about this. It's just so yeah. wrong. Which abomination is a perfect name for it. Yes, exactly. As the abomination comes walking around the side of the Jeep, Mia crawls underneath the Jeep and tries to fire up the chainsaw. She does. And as the abomination walks around to the back where it thinks she might be, Mia saws off both of the abomination's goddamn legs, who flips the Jeep over in its anger and rage as Mia tries to crawl out from underneath it and somehow Mia's left hand gets trapped underneath the roof of the Jeep. When she can't pull her hand free, she starts to really pull at it and she's tearing flesh. You see it start to rip and her hand is actually being ripped off at the wrist in her frenzy when she's trying to escape. This pain is enough to make her stop and come to. She's just laying there and then we see the abomination crawling around the corner of the Jeep, slowly crawling at her. Mia can't reach the chainsaw it's just out of reach and her hand is stuck so she uses her whole entire body and pulls and pulls and pulls until the remaining flesh around her wrist that's holding her hand in place tendons veins everything is torn free with a gruesome fucking tearing noise it's so fucking brutal god damn it's fucking brutal yeah that leads us to our last clip I will feast on your soul Fix on this motherfucker! 
or she jams her stump into the handle, revs up the fucking chainsaw, and I, I don't know what else to put it as. She fucking face rapes the demon with the chainsaw. She really does. She rams that shit she face right fuck, through. She face fucks that demon with the chainsaw. She saws down through the chest for a little bit and then pulls it right back up through the top of his head, sawing this fucking abomination in twain. The defeated corpse slides into the ground in a pool of blood as Mia says, go back to hell, bitch. Fucking love that. Yeah. And then the rain stops dead. No more blood. Mia watches the cabin burn for a moment and then she grabs David's necklace, which if you notice is in the shape of a skull once again. Yes. She puts it on and then she starts to limp away with the sun starting to shine and the clouds clearing up. We see the book close on its own as it sits there in the bloody ground. They cut to black. We see the title Evil Dead. Then we see some credits. As the credits roll for a while, we then come to a black screen. Then we see Mio walking along. Did you see these credit sequences? Yeah. Okay. We see Mio walking along the road like at the beginning of the movie, looking pretty much the same, disheveled, beaten, broken, and Look. barely even alive. She collapses face first on the road, and luckily a truck stops to pick her up. We get a bit of a fake out scare eye scene as Mia's laying in the back and the guy's saying she's going to be okay, she's going to be okay, and her eyes jump open, but she's going to be okay. The guy's got her. We roll credits even further, and then we get yet another post-credit sequence in our little sneaky clip. Groovy. No shit. Yeah. Did you see that one? I did not. It's Bruce, and he says groovy. Just It's just Bruce. Yeah. It's as a silhouetted Ash? version of is Bruce, and he says groovy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, originally they were going to do a tie together in the universe. That was kind of their plan, but they couldn't get an Army of Darkness 2. Universal wouldn't let them have the rights to be able to do it. Yeah. It didn't quite work out, and then they were going to have a crossover where Ash and Mia are working together and Ash comes back. Uh-huh. When that didn't work out, they went on and kind of made a deal, and they got Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes. And we'll get into it when we start doing Ash versus Evil Dead, but yes. I still think they might be tying this all together in some way, shape, or form. Uh, with the way Ash and the Evil Dead, and we'll get into it, has come about... In the second season. In I the think second season, yeah. especially how much darker it got. It feels like it's all getting tied it together. It feels like this movie actually fits in with Ash and the Evil Dead. Yeah. Especially the way the Deadites look. Yeah, totally. Although, although I, one thing I will say, the Deadites even in season one, season two of Ash have different eyes than the deadites here. Yeah. The deadites in this evil dead, their eyes are fucked up. What happened to their eyes? Yeah. In what this happened one, to the eyes? Like I said at the beginning of the movie, everything about this film is, is creepy. It's like the original evil dead because the original evil dead was straight up Cre- hardcore horror at yeah. the time. And it was over. Yeah. Like it was like way over anything anybody had ever seen before. It was so extreme. Yes. And so jam packed with just making but, you mean, feel this- like you're watching something and I'm not shouldn't. talking about all the violence and the gore I'm just talking about the way the deadites and the things they said it's just creepy yeah the, the actual horror in the original movie what they were intending to do to make it as extreme as possible yeah this film captures that and brings it into the modern day as far as I'm concerned I agree I think it's a really well made reboot quill because they were trying to tie it into the rest of the universe yeah. so I don't know what else to call it and I highly recommend getting your hands on the unrated cut and watching it because there's a lot more story as I just described here you miss seeing Dave David transform in the theatrical cut yeah. where David's eyes are demonic. You miss so much stuff and there's little bits of gore and everything like that, but there's actual story points that are removed that you needed to be able to see. Yeah, that'd be some shit if 
Ash versus the Evil Dead season three comes out and we see Mia pop up someplace. I think they may be able to do that. Well, I guess yeah. we'll see, but we'll get into that. But yes. I would totally be all about it because I love this movie. Yes, I Absolutely do. I did it. too. Yeah. Uh, this, it, it'd be just fine if season three took even a darker tone with, but put Ash in there. This whole movie, just to get mm. back to the actual movie, the, yeah. just Evil Dead 2013 that Fetty Alvarez did with uh, Bruce Campbell, Tapert, yeah. and Sam Raimi all producing. This is how you do a remake. This is how you do a reboot quill. Well, and, uh, and the great thing is to make it work, they didn't have an Ash. You know, it's not like they did a reboot where oh, you have, uh, you know, there is an Ash in this movie. Yeah. And, the, and the, it's not like they did the same story. They did a whole different story. Well, and I think what they could have done too is with the name like Ashley, they could have just made it a female. But I totally love having a female survive and become powerful. And if you... And especially a very flawed female like yeah. Mia who is fighting an addiction. And that's the other thing too. The thing that really works for me in this film and the thing that makes it so intense is she is going through withdrawal and she's the only one that kind of can sense what's going on and no one will believe her. They because all think she's full of shit. And how horrible does that have to feel? Yeah. To be like, no, listen, but guys, this is something different. To feel self-blame for that because kind of like your roosters have come home you know the chickens have come home the to roost. roost you've got nothing because left. yeah you probably you, you've, you've get, cried wolf too many yeah, times for her to get to this point where yeah. they had to take her to a cabin in the yeah. middle of nowhere she must have lied lied and lied again and they've said she od'd like a ton of times no she od'd once yeah. and her heart stopped and they had to bring her back she died yeah. she was legally dead but i mean but before that i bet she od'd before that i bet she's lied before that I, you know been through rehabs before that so yeah. for all that amount and plus before any of this freaky stuff she saw happened she was already going through monster withdrawals wanting to get out yeah and yeah. guilt tripping her brother making to want making him take her home well there's that and also if you really think about it the dynamic that happened between mia and david probably the reason she's a drug addict was dealing with their mom by herself without any support. Yeah, so then David has they probably his own pushed guilt. her over the edge. Yeah, and Ga- David built blames himself. Everybody's got this fucking blame, this self doubt, this self loathing. They're Which all makes deeply it perfect flawed for people. the Evil Dead. To- the only person in this that actually feels innocent to me and mm-hmm. is just brought in and it's like all she did was fall in love with the wrong guy is yeah. Natalie. Yeah, I feel the worst for her. She didn't ask for any of this shit. Yeah, the nurse asked the girl who's the RN. What's her name again? Olivia. Olivia. Olivia was their friend from childhood she's in all the photos as and well. she kind of asked for it only because d- she wanted to help because she is she a nurse gets too authoritarian where she's like listen i'm in charge because i'm a nurse and yeah. i think that was her downfall natalie's just along for the ride she literally has no other reason to be there other than to support her fucking boyfriend yes that's it and i feel so bad for her oh but uh, it's a great fucking movie. it's a great movie and the like i said the unrated version i absolutely love it it has more story points and everything that you need to see folks so check that out if you haven't seen it yeah all right let's uh go ahead and take a break here we're going to play some music and when we come back we'll close out this monster fucking show
Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. That's the name of the band, Lordy. Lordy. <laughs> yeah. Lordy. The, the song is called Dead Eye Girls Gone Wild. I thought that was perfect that's, to close uh, out. That's appropriate. Yeah. After Evil Dead with Mia being the Dead Eye Girl going wild and making Matt and I question the things that turn us on. That totally makes sense, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> you feel kind of bad, but at the same time, you kind of wonder what's so wrong about it when I'm, you know it's just a fantasy. I'm bad, but I feel, feel good. good. <laughs> you know what, folks? Doing this series has made me feel really, really good about being so fucking bad. Yeah. We are still a part of the Legion podcast, so you can find really? us. Yep, absolutely. Suckers. You can find us at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We are on Facebook. We've got an amazing fucking group with amazing fucking participants, and that's all of you guys. I love the photos that you do when you do the fake footage of us. Oh, fucking love these people. Fucking great. sick, demented assholes, and I love every one of you for it. You guys, you're the reason we keep doing this fucking show, pure and simple. Big time. Absolutely. The people that participate with us in the group and on social media and send us feedback, you're the reason we keep doing this. That and we love the sound of our own goddamn voices. That too. We will shout into the void with no one listening just to be able to hear ourselves. I am Court Psyops on Facebook. Matt is Matt Psyop. You can email feedback to Matt and tell him to do some fucking notes for once when he does Army of Darkness. Wait, wait. For, whoa, whoa. For Army of Darkness. All right, I was going to say for once. I always do notes. Psyopmatt at gmail.com. I'm still fuming over that. Okay. You can email feedback to Court and tell him that you would have done notes for Army of Darkness. Psyopscourt <laughs> at gmail.com. You can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the Twitters. I'm at court underscore psyop. Matt is at psyop. Matt, send us some photos of your possessed deadite girls gone wild. Ooh. I know it's I'm out there, that. folks. Yeah, it's I want to see it. That's a thing. Yeah, it's got to be a thing. a thing. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Relying on me to cover your ass on this one. Pretty much. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> lazy fucking I'm fucking kidding. I know the fucking movie. I wasn't gonna go lie by line. I never have done that for any movie review. Anyway, fair enough. All right, I'm about to say. Usually, this is how it goes. You better strap in because the next review is yeah. gonna be line by line. Oh, is it? I'm going to actually sit here and play the movie out and describe it piece by piece, but you won't get to see it. Okay, that sounds like a really long, tried out process. It's but- gonna be an hour and thirty six minutes. <laughs> I'm going to read each individual credit, too. <laughs>
<laughs> Jesus. We got real. Don't, uh, don't blame him. Don't blame <laughs> This is your doing. <laughs> Take some responsibility. <laughs> and that actually leads to just, it's a single line, but it's always, it's an Ash known line. So we're going to go to it. As what? It's no, a, no, uh, as our. Oh, as our next clip. I yeah, haven't memorized yeah. yeah. So while he's dumping water all over himself, trying to cool off, he throws the book at the elder and says, I got your book. This is all your clip if you want to back up a little bit. It, oh, oh, is it going to go yeah, through this, all this? this is oh, all your okay. clip. Yeah. As Ash kind of blinks away, uh, everyone just kind of is almost seem resigning to their fate. Uh, Fucking go for it, well, man. Fuck it. Evil Sheila can get it. Do, do you still get it through butt sack? <laughs> I don't if know. You do Are you saying butt, that evil Sheila STG. would peg you? No, if you have butt sex with evil Sheila. Oh, if I penetrate evil Sheila's anus. Yeah. Does, do you still get STG? Probably. Do you think? Yeah. Oh. Can you still get an STD from butt sex? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's mainly how you get an STD nowadays. <laughs> that was a total clip. <laughs> Can you still? That's totally a clip. All right. Back to the movie. Like your college roommate when you forget to hang the tie. Uh-huh. And it's the time Dave- that your lady's letting you do something you shouldn't normally do. Uh-huh. David is me. <laughs> That's your talent? That is my... Back when I was younger, my talent was to walk in. Probably at the worst time for me to walk into any room was. When your friend's like, listen, but, the sheep, I gotta, I can explain. Yeah, well, it's not even just that. It's like, or my friend is finally getting to bag that girl he's been courting for a while. It's like his major crush. He's bending her down. I just don't know. Walk into the room. Ruin the whole fucking thing. Kill the moment and she runs off. <laughs> she didn't run off, but it's all awkward. So, you know, I like immediately leave. But, you know, it took like three hours just to try to get the mojo back. If it ever even came back. Or at least a Barry White album. Yes. No, so, no. Marvin Gaye. That, Marvin that Gaye. level of Marvin, awkward requires yeah, yeah, Marvin yeah. Gaye. But it's just, it's bad. And, and, and I am sorry. <laughs> all right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. This is my boomstick. The wise man recognized our hero and sent him on his quest. But he misspoke the words he was given. So the dead returned to the living. Evil Ash led the army of darkness and Sheila was possessed. But he's the promised one from the prophecy. He created this monstrosity. But he fought back with technology. Hail to the king, baby. Demonic possessed girls doing lesbian stuff. Just say you dirty cunt! It's a thing.